podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm not going to quit now. There you go. That's just good news. Good to hear, Will. <laughs> uh, exciting times ahead. Season 7, we're a quarter of the way through-ish. Ish. Um, and the I, quality uh, just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Season 7. Everybody. I was a little shocked by this episode. I was. I texted. I usually Matt usually texts me. When it's when it's one that's tough to take, uh, but I'm just sort of like, yeah, we'll talk about it on the podcast. And when I was in the middle of this one, I was like, this is a piece of junk. <laughs> I was like, just super happy that we were recording TNG today, so I didn't have to watch uh, Discovery. Like genuinely, I was like, thank God. Not because Discovery is so bad, but because we do two of those, and it's not great. Okay, so let's see. We're going to go ahead and do uh, the thing that I like to do, which is tell you, I mean, sort of Andy already. I was just doing mine. Sort of spoil. He doesn't do his for TNG because he's not seen it. I don't know if he remembers how the podcast works. <laughs> but, well, I've seen it now. I mean, now that you've seen I guess now that it's like season I wasn't seven. putting it in the context. That, that, the purpose of that is in the context of the show. Should you watch this? In the context of TNG okay. as a whole, right. In the context but, now, as I a mean, whole, And now right. I suppose you have enough of it. Theoretically, we are closing around the end. You have But I was, I was just saying that was my immediate guttural reaction to it. Uh, here we go. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Mm, I wouldn't even open your eyes. <laughs> it's also not to say that I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to it either. <laughs> In the background, yeah, no, you're like just doing I, chores. I would say just, you know, it's very, you can skip it. Thanks so much, everybody. All right, let's go to the Admirals Club. All right. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. Hello. Matt. Yes. Oh, hello, hello, Admirals. Hello. <laughs> uh, Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Oh, you just leave a five-star review on apple podcasts and you're in i mean you could just ask one of these guys they know they're here um and uh i think probably because of the way we've slowed down then sped up and i went through a lot of them um you know we're a little bit light on uh on admirals light on, new admirals light on five star reviews I love it. If anybody, well, that, there may be other factors involved having to do with our quality, but uh, if you choose to, we don't need them. It's really just so we can have something to read in this section. Uh, feel free. We, to, uh, if you, yeah. if, if you posted an old one that never got through, you know, maybe you want to repost. As know you know, uh, we have trouble finding stuff to fill this show with. Okay, so <laughs> thanks, admirals. <laughs> Join us next time. We'll see you guys later. We're going to go to the president's circle now. The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Ah, yes, the president's circle, the home to people who support us on Patreon. 
at the level that is the greatest of all levels. That's right. They get up to four bonus podcasts every single month. I'm talking a Voyager, a Disco, an Enterprise. Two Discos. Yeah, but the episode is one episode. We do one podcast episode. We do one episode. Jeez, That's Louise. true. Yes. With, you but can't. They're very long because they're, they're two three hours. It's not like we it's give not them like less. It's less. <laughs> You're absolutely right. They're, it's absurd. It's so stupid. In fact, I thought we were recording this today, and uh, peek behind the curtain. I thought we were recording Discovery today. So Dory yesterday was like, "Are you going to be done by one o'clock?" And I was like, "I don't think so." We're, it's eleven a.m. Yeah. right now. I was like, I don't think so. We're doing discovery. <laughs> yeah. But uh we should I should be done by that time. Anyway, yes. So we also like to give out uh Christopher Pike Medal of Valor to someone who writes a great comment in there in a priority one fashion. Andy who's getting a medal this month. The medal is going to uh Lieutenant Greg from Lieutenant Greg. The results are in. You are Mott the Barber. <laughs> Do you? Uh, That's also a Mori Povich, so it's like the the the, the triple layer. I, I explained it to you previously. You did previously. I explained it to you as that's like a BuzzFeed quiz. Um, the the his 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 uh, handle. Yes, and then and now hearing you say it again, I'm like, well, that's actually a Mori Povich reference. I don't know if it is. You are not the barber. You are not the father. Oh. The results oh. of the paternity test are in. You are not the father. But I just saw another thing yes. on the... Let me see. Where is it? God damn it. Well, that's a bet. You know, right. it's, uh, look, it sounds like a Maury Povich reference. To I'm going to have to find it uh, after I'm uh, trucking through this. I'm sure. Um, oh, actually, I know when I'll find it. For the for the moment, uh, let's do this. It's just... I was I was thinking at the top of this podcast, this episode, I was like, "We are trucking along. This is like a real podcast. This is crazy." And then, of course, I had to, I had to smash the ship into an asteroid. Um, all right, here's what Greg says: uh, "You guys are an awesome combo. You made us a nice sound file. Uh, so glad I moved up to lieutenant. So much good stuff out there. Uh, you mean in the, in here? Uh, and uh, he sent us." Very kindly, both an intro to the Andy Secunda School specific acting, and the uh, and, a, and a larger one. So feel free, my friend. Do you to want to make those. a ass of yourself when asked to act specifically by a big time director in your very first scene? Of course not. Are you an actor looking for that extra specific edge in the audition room? Hmm. If this sounds like you, welcome to Asa, the world famous Andy Secunda School of specific acting. That's a great acronym. I like it. <laughs> you may know Andy Secunda from such specific acting roles as reporter from the other guy's movie, volunteer for Dog's Care Man from the non-British office TV show, or Ken from Curb Your Enthusiasm. With membership to ASA, you could also become a classic character actor, such as bank manager, Lexus guy, burglar number two, curious man on train, boss, cue card guy, priest or process server the list is endless in ASA we have multiple classes based on your needs these can include where to specifically place your hands when on a view screen talking across <laughs> interstellar space how to specifically act when you are told your character has a cold 
for no reason that affects the plot whatsoever. <laughs> How to specifically act cold when you are told the temperature below freezing. Bonus. This class also includes how to specifically act when you're both freezing and drunk. <laughs> we also have the best way to specifically act Klingony or Vulcany when you are a background character with makeup that was clearly intended to save money. Do you want to learn to specifically stare off camera to a fake view screen or specifically tap in a fake control panel? We gotcha. And what about when the main cast member speaks to you? We have a class for that. We can teach you how to specifically nod your head in agreement, even though this goes against your real-world principles that when your superior tells you to do something, you speak actual words back to them. But wait, there's more. ASA Level 2 is coming soon. The Andy Secunda School of Specific Accents could be for you. <laughs> if you need that, or our governor, British accent, or the classic top of the morning to you, Irish. Legal disclaimer, enrollment into ASA does not carry a guarantee of any Oscar or Golden Globe or a chance to meet Mr. Secunda. He's a very specific busy man. Call 1-800-382-7772. That's 1-800-FU-ASA. Enroll now. Uh, beautifully done. Very nicely done. I just I enjoy what the all, accent all the references to various episodes of Enterprise. <laughs> This is very impressive. And my own parts, I don't like. I, it was like, oh, now he's just making some up. And then I was like, oh, no, that was something. <laughs> I do the same thing with myself. They all, felt, with, they all uh, felt real. Uh, yeah. Boss, particularly, was enjoyable. Uh, they were all true. Yeah, no, I, I, they all, they all, I was yeah. like, yeah, Andy, in a, Andy, in a, Andy in, a, in a priest tunic, I could totally see. Sure. Yeah. I'm always someone Q who's card guy. vaguely. I mean, so good. So good. <laughs> Uh, just in the midst of uh, uh, who's who's sort of uh, long suffering, annoyed, and um, and or at the side of whatever the action is, <laughs> fifty feet from stardom. That's Andy Sika. Uh, um, thank you so much. The, uh, Enjoy your award. And then uh, the thing was, it was just a reinforcement of what you said. I thought it was something else. But uh, it was uh, Neil Studd had said on top of that, I know Andy's pun blindness is legendary, but the user's name includes you are not the bar barber is obviously a strong pun based on more as you are not the father, as you said, Matt. Um, I'm British and I've never seen an episode of Maury and I still got it. <laughs> I say it's a combo problem for me because I'm both pun blind and meme blind. I never I never really watched Maury. So. You don't have to. It's permeated the culture. It's on the internet, man. It is. It is. Just, you know, if you're in, you know, if you're in on the internet, you get yeah. it. Um, I guess I'm not. Uh, the barber. And uh, I'm <laughs> it was laying right there. I don't know how I, I laid that, that uh, alley-oop to you. Um, <laughs> whatever the case, let's get back to the show. Uh, thank you so much, Greg. Enjoy your... Um, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor and uh, let's hear some priority one messages very good Captain incoming message. incoming message priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel alright presidents you have the floor what's up uh, they're not the presidents president man. circle uh, members you have the floor <laughs> uh, talking mustache wrote us I don't know if you'd seen this Matt uh, hello Matt and Andy you two have talked about 
have talked before about the older 90s, uh, early aughts, Star Trek PC games you've played. GOG.com just added a lot of Star Trek classics to their store, and they do a great job adjusting them under the hood to run properly on modern operating systems. Uh, you dishonor your family name, Windows ME. Uh, what guys? <laughs> what games do you guys recommend uh, or at least have fond memories of? Um, you know, there's not a single Star Trek game, TNG game, that I... Or, or TOS game that I actually enjoyed playing. Like I wanted, right. I wanted to like them all so very, very much. Um, oh, except for except for Elite Force. Uh, that's that's which is that's, the one. That's the one, and it's also not that you you had the in the works of getting me, and you know a lot of right people here. have written me. It's literally sitting so right here. Unopened envelope. Yep. Um, you know, I, I've, the, the hilarious thing is I think I have a copy of it somewhere, too, and I have no idea where it is. But the um, but every, so many people wrote me about this, but my question back, and I'm pretty sure I've established it, is it's still Windows. Like, and I, unless somebody's going to come over to my house and set up boot camp, because I'm never going to... Or walk me I don't through think literally you can run every on an idiot step. Not a not a like tech person step, but just like every step that you would do to to set up boot camp. Like I'm not gonna do it. So unless you unless you get me whatever you were getting me, Matt, I'm never gonna play this stuff. Well, I was just you know I still have to figure out if it plays on the PlayStation. Anyway, it's right here. It's waiting for me to figure out of it. <laughs> He continues, uh, separately, I have a proper snail uh, snail fan mail question for you two. Would either of you have a home? Oh, let me, let me send it to you. For this 12-ish, uh, sent it to you, uh, this 12-inch-ish uh, McCoy figure. It's this one, albeit the box is long gone. I want it in a, this will certainly show the age of the story, rock band competition at Wizard World Philly in maybe 2007. It has been in the trunk of my car for 11 years until I got uh, a new car last September. I was unable to find it a home over the years. I tried selling, giving, even forcing it on people via White Elephant at Christmas, but no luck. The box fell apart over the years, but the figure is in good condition inside a foam case. If either you want it, I'd be happy to FedEx it to... <laughs> An office that is box, hilarious. Whatever. No one wants the Amok Time Dr. McCoy Diamond Select figure. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I oh, and then he says, Love to you guys and to Andy and Omar, RIP Michael K. Williams, come at the king. You just you best not miss. For those of you who don't know, uh, Michael K. Williams passed away this week. It hit me harder, who my cat, uh, Omar Little, is named after from his. His uh, heroic performance on uh, the, the fantastic show, The Wire, uh, hit me harder than many human beings uh, that I know distantly <laughs> passing away. It really, I was just like, wow, I'm really affected by this. It's so sad. Uh, such a great loss to the world. Um, okay. Now that. A lot of issues here. Obviously. The McCoy figure. <laughs> well, obviously. This whole changing gears now to talk about this Dr. McCoy figure no one wants is the way to go. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. That was terrible podcasting. You're 100% right. 
No, no, no. I mean, the I OC, absolutely appreciate the it. The OCD so. in my head ignored the uh, the narrative um, <laughs> appropriateness of what I was doing. Um, <laughs> but that said, no one wants this, and I gotta be. I gotta say it out loud. Andy probably Kay. also doesn't want this. <laughs> You know what? My instinct was, because I'm a hoarder, was like, I should probably. I mean, it's TOS and it's a McCoy. I love McCoy. I should I'll find a place for it. And the reality is I, I probably won't find a well, place Well, then you're for like, it. you have one part of the diorama, you know, and you need the other two. You need the Kirk and the Spock to go with it. It is funny to just have McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You have no interest, Matt. No, you could have him because, send it to us. on no. it, in all honesty, like, like you, you know, it would just sit. I don't know, and it would sit until I cleaned, and then I cleaned, and it would just be. I'd like feel guilty about throwing it away, and it would just stay, much like it stayed in your trunk for the last eleven years. <laughs> Maybe we have a, a fan who uh, can earn it somehow. You know, you could also, uh, if anyone wants to buy one online, they're like forty bucks. Hey, in our face group, which is what I call our Facebook uh, um, group, um, uh, maybe uh, maybe you guys can discuss uh, where it should end up. I'm sure somebody will have an, a thought. I mean, we could force it upon people. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Just be like this thing that just will never, no one ever wants, and we all have to, like, you know. I don't know. I'm working it out in my head. Um, anyway, thank you, Talking Mustache. I guess we'll either be in touch or we won't be in touch, but thank you for all of your thoughts. Um, Dutch Vanderlyn, this is from, Dutch Vanderlyn has a plan, a crappy plan, but Arthur Morgan's beard is exceptional. You know, right now on eBay, the uh, hero uniforms like- from the motion picture are on sale, Like, so I get Kirk's uniform for 40K or best offer, but then it drops all the way down to 19000 when you want to buy a McCoy, I feel like a McCoy is worth the like, same outfit. It's worth like thirty. It's the same outfit, right? No, it's different. It's gray. Oh wait, this is from the original picture. From the, the motion original. picture, yeah. Motion picture, sorry. The original picture, sorry. Um, Very cool. Anyway. Uh, anyway, Dutch Vanderlyn has a plan. Writes uh, this is how much was the McCoy car- the McCoy figure is going for like forty, right? Forty dollars. No, no, uh, no slouchy kind of uh, price that this guy's giving away. It's very kind of him. <laughs> um, Dutch Vanderlyn writes this is the last two parter in TNG, right? No, all good things does not count. What's been the worst? What's been the most disappointing part two? This, I, I think Descent. What happens in Descent part two? That's the, that's the, you know, lore, Borg, Data. How do we feel about the one with, um, with Worf on the, the planet of Klingons? Because it's not really even a part two. That's just oh, another yeah. episode. Oh, yeah, and then there's, like, they pick plot. up the, uh, yeah, they just had nothing. They just couldn't. That's interesting. Hmm. And there's Code of Honor part two. Remember that? There's no Code of Honor part two. I'm just joking. Uh, um, huh. I'm trying to think. 
I would say the worst two-parter. I've seen him so engaged in a question. It's probably. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't know. I always come back to Descent. I don't like Descent. Yeah. But the Klingon one, as Andy points out, with Worf uh, at the Romulan prison camp. Unification is a great is one. also kind of a dud. Especially because they start the data story that's interesting and then drop it. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, maybe the just, data story isn't interesting because he starts dreaming. <laughs> I was going to say, I guess that one was the part one to this, really. Uh, so this may be the worst part two we're about to discuss. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Mr. The Ultimate Tracker. Uh, oh, this is a, I think this is a prime corrective. I'm moving it to the end prime corrective part of the show. Um, instead... I've lost my place. Uh, here we are. Um, Stuart Allen, story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Uh, they got to get their names on everything. I might have posted my reply in the part one thread too late, but Matt definitely has to play the Mr. Blobby song. Did we play that yet? This was, this was off of our ongoing discussions of and confusion of British number ones in the... In the, uh, late you know, 90s, early we aughts. have played the Mr. Blobby song, or I've watched it's an, it. It an annoyingly got to number one just after. And <laughs> what are you? What are you, pack, what are you packing? Uh, Mr. Blobby just before the had TNG's a, Christmas break. I know this because Mr. Blobby had a theme park that was abandoned, um, and I've watched that. Stuart Allen also says maybe Matt and Andy could also watch an episode. <laughs> It's, it's bonkers. And it's a bonkers video. Wish you guys could see Matt's face right now. <laughs> He looks like he's is having a just, bad trip. Is it just parents fucking with the world by going, you know, we should all just buy this, and then our kids love to answer I assume to the it. kids were demanding it, weren't they? I don't know. I, it's funny that the more information we get and helpful explanations of what was going on in Britain only confuse me more. Like, There's a is great... it that fragmented that it's just like, this week, this demo is in control of the entire charts now this week is, it's in- <laughs> this uh there's a great uh youtube channel called expedition theme park this is a matt meyer recommends uh there's a video you can all watch called the abandoned history of crinkly bottom slash blobby land expedition extinct this is where they they talk about a an abandoned theme park they do a lot of great oh, a lot of I would great love to see that. that yeah i bet you would 
that's how I got on Mr. Blobby. I remember watching this particular video, and I'm like, why on earth did I watch this? <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, I don't know if I finished this. Matt and Andy could also watch an episode of Noel's House Party to get full context and then go down a Noel Edmonds rabbit I've, hole. I've been down that rabbit hole, separate from the show. So Is that connected yes. to the theme park? Yep. What was it like a, like a, um, I bet my best description HR, of HR it is Puffin like a, stuff no, kind of a deal? no, no, no. My best description of it is like a, like a Latin America variety show, but British with Blobby. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something out of Brazil. Uh, kind of, um, yeah. Like Shusha, but not as entertaining. <laughs> wow. All right, Lieutenant Stephanie Simmons writes us in the Worf and Data scene. We're actually talking about Star Trek now, so you guys can relax. In the Worf and Data scene, when Data dismisses Worf and then asks about their friendship, I always took that as Data uh, taking care of his duty as acting captain first and then addressing the friendship concern. It's basically Data is good at setting boundaries. That's referring to Gambit 2. Which uh, I concur with. <laughs> oh, you're uh, Matt shaking his head. Yeah, I mean, I see where he's coming from. Not sure of it. I support it fully. Does that help? Seemed mad. That back that help? Jeffrey's hologram is off exploring its humanity. So this is Jeffrey's holograms hologram. Please leave a message. Uh, writes us. Uh, just a note for the end of Gambit Part 2, you are having issues that the Renegade Captain also had a control device in his neck. However, in Part 1, there is a throwaway line about how he overthrew the former Captain, who also used the device, so he, he would have had the device in his neck. However, you also talked about how Picard magically switched the transponder codes or something, and they never did explain that. Um, a lot of people wrote in on various sides of this issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't understand if after when the other cap he defeated the other captain, he didn't have the power to remove the thing from his neck. If he defeated the captain, did he have the power to remove the thing from his neck? Like once the other captain was dead, yes. and then he was the one in charge of the device, couldn't he have removed the thing from his neck? I understand why you can't up until you're in control of the device. I think maybe it's best not to fiddle with that faddle, you know? But you then by that have token, a, have are we assuming that Riker... Oh, I see. Gotcha. Just have a crusher do it. That's a, that's a good headcanon, but it's not a full explanation. Um, Sorry. Carol... No, I'm not. No, I, I think I, you I did apologize. a fine job. I'm very <laughs> I sorry. your apology. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Carolyn McNamara writes, um, in Matt and Andy's discussion of Gambit's Parts 1 and 2, while I agree that the story falls apart at the end, I feel that they have overlooked the most compelling aspect of the episodes. Picard's sexy renegade outfit. This is my first watch through of TNG, and Picard's cute earth tone ensemble immediately made... This a standout episode for me. <laughs> Who's with me? I mean, I guess he was kind of like, I mean, which actually is a credit to the costume department. He, he did look like a future pirate. So 
Well done. I mean, it's he has been in these outfits before, right? Wasn't there one where it was like almost a, a shirtless vest? I vaguely remember that. I mean, if anyone wants to put together a montage of all of his casual looks, let me know. <laughs> I'm sure we'll put it on. Put it on the Instagram. All his casual looks. By the way, I'm, I'm going to get back to the Instagram. Don't worry, guys. Lieutenant Dylan Ekmalian been very writes, busy. I've been so busy. <laughs> Actually, I have been busy this week. But in general, it's hard to say that I've been busy in the quarantine. Uh, here's another thing I'm sending you. Um, Andy's dream come true. Matt, which one would you play first? Oh, this, this is, is the same thing. In I apologize. To the other thing. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's fine. I, but I now apologize. that I can see the, let me see how this works. All right. While you're looking, I'm going to read along. Hail from our friend. Oh, you might want to hear this. So I'll wait till you're ready. Where should I fill You should fill the time. And I can do Archer Palms, aka Vertiginousness, writes Regarding using mirrors to defend against phasers or light based weaponry, the problem with doing so is uh, that they're heat generated. The light would bounce off, but they would transfer the heat on contact. It would melt the reflective surface and then melt through whatever, whatever is in underneath. This also uh, explains why then why when a phaser is used on screen, there can be explosions. This is the superheated material exploding outward. I used to think phasers should cut through the material in a straight line, but the solid material of the hull is vaporized by phasers and thus explodes, explodes outwards. My understanding is this is why there are cutting lasers, like what uh, was used by the Borg when they took out that vertical section, the Enterprise saucer section, when they first encountered each other, cutting laser would generate enough heat to melt the material, but not so much heat it causes an explosion. Additionally, in later seasons of Voyager, there's much said about ablative armor. This is a type of material that is designed to be shed off by the heat of the phasers fired at it. It, fi- it tries to force the heat sideways from the point of impact, preventing the heat from penetrating deeply into the ship's hull. This means the large, thin sections of the outer hull would be peeled off instead of a boring action penetrating to vital ship systems. While lasers, and I assume phasers, build up heat, they have built-in heat sinks, but most of this heat is shot out in the laser phaser or reflective surface across the hull would need a similar heat sink be very difficult in atmosphere the heat could be shunted into the atmosphere but in space there is nowhere for it to go you following yeah is there a question nope <laughs> is that just an explanation just, of a blade of armor <laughs> well we i think we were asking uh, questions we weren't about you the were phasers. guaranteed all right <laughs> so you understood he wants to make clear no, no, I, I did not the explanation understand. of a blade of hull armor. He gets, he gets, um, he gets nerd grumpy when uh, when he's being explained something that he feels like he already understands. No, which I get. No, I get nerd grumpy when I feel like I missed a question somewhere, and I'm. And I'm They're and not I'm all lost. questions, Matt. Many of these are just I discussions. just felt like I was lost and didn't want to hold everything up, and here I am holding everything up in a grumpy manner. Way to go, me. 
Um, uh, Matt's been uh, struggling through some uh, some stuff. Peeing some, out my uh, butt, everybody. Some... Peeing out my butt. <laughs> it, was, it was on me. I'm the one who teed it up. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> um, so give, cut him some slack today. Uh, also, regarding Matt thinking of a previous use of the trope of clearing one's minds of negative thoughts, I think he was trying to remember TNG Season 1, Episode 6, where no one has gone before. This is one with the first appearance of the Traveler where the Enterprise is flung to a distant galaxy and the thoughts of the crew create a reality where runaway thoughts can be a danger. Hmm. Picard opens a channel to the whole ship, asks the crew to clear their mind or think good thoughts to get the, uh, about the Traveler to help them get the crew home. That seems slightly different to me, though. By the way, it's on the Paramount Plus app, the uh, episode... Uh, with the traveler is mislabeled as where no one has gone before. Oh, interesting. Um, Lieutenant Cam offers. I thought this was interesting. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't Jordy be Jordy be off be first officer instead of Worf? What are you laughing at? The name Jordy Lafarge. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it isn't Charter LaForge. Um, it could be an alien talking like that. Throw in some prosthetics. Prosthetics. That's Jordy outranks him. What? I was going to say, that's a Andy Secunda school of specific acting right there. For sure. A <laughs> uh, whole class about made up accents. Um,. Jordy outranks him after all. Plus, he and Data are much closer and understand one another better. Jordy wouldn't contradict and snap at Data in front of a crew the way that Worf did. Jordy is also not a gung ho, trigger happy idiot like Worf is. I guess Jordy would prefer to be in engineering, and Worf is higher up the chain than he is because of position. But even so, why? Also, when Galen and Riker beam over, Beverly and Worf immediately get what they're doing. To their knowledge, though, Picard is dead. They know Riker is on the mercenary ship, but they don't know Picard is. I would understand if they were playing along with Riker, but masterful acting from them to not immediately give it away to Riker. Also, you'd expect Data not to understand what's happening when he sees Picard, but he just plays along like everyone else. Uh, again, they think he's dead, but nobody goes, Jean-Luc, like Spock in a mock time. <laughs> Good reference. Um, what do you think about the first officer issue? Uh, it, it is my understanding. Well, I guess it's probably because Worf is a bridge officer anyway, right? And and but it is strange. I agree with that. Now, I mean, they would fucking throw Beverly in charge if in TOS she came up in the ranking. Uh, in TOS, it was Scotty, then Sulu. Where was McCoy? McCoy never had to take command. I don't. I don't believe. Interesting. So it was. It was Kirk, Spock, Scotty, Sulu. That's my understanding. Now the Enterprise. I never. I never really thought past. I believe so. But it is my understanding. Although it's Chekhov in the movies. Maybe he jumped Sulu. No, Sulu went off and did his own. Sulu went to be captain, but yeah. Anyway, uh, maybe it's because Chekhov was first officer aboard that ship in Star Trek Two. Anyway, whatever. Point is, I never, my brain never really thought beyond Data as far as Picard Riker Data. Um. So yeah, 
I find it an interesting thing that people like Beverly or or uh, Deanna would would ever be part of the ranking. Like that's a different set of skills, and wouldn't even people below them. We've talked about this, and as Command uh, Master Chief Robert Garrison reported, it seems clear that in Star Trek, you do have to take command training to bump up the ranks. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Um, Ken Molay writes us, uh, this is a quote from Picard, don't make any aggressive movements. The resonator amplifies violent feelings and emotions. Empty your minds of violent thoughts. Uh, and then we were saying, where have I seen this before? Uh, I don't. He says, I don't think it's Ghostbusters, but we did think it was Ghostbusters too. Uh, isn't it just a recycling of Day of the Dove, TOS, Season 3, Episode 7, Kirk and Spock realize the evil energy force feeds off hostile and violent emotions and can be defeated by feelings of goodwill so the humans and Klingons stand there and laugh until it, at it until it leaves. That is another one. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the one where it was the, the you know, the tiger chasing somebody planet. Wasn't yeah, so I mean, also like you know, when you have to choose the samurai, choose the destroyer, and everybody clears their head except Ray. Ray thinks of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Right. Oh yeah, I guess it's that too. Yeah. It's more in. Yeah. There's more egg negative negative energy things. And, or, or wait, d- at the end of Ghostbusters 2, spoiler alert, we're about to spoil Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> so skip ahead. Um, uh, do they have to get the whole city to feel good about themselves? Uh, no, good well, about they other? just bring positive vibes by bringing in the Statue of Liberty and, uh, right. and singing um, a version of the Jackie Wilson song, Higher and Higher. <laughs> now to me, and I may have been too old, that was remarkably dumb. Uh, it still is. Okay, good. Would, was it to you at the time? As a child, seeing the Statue of Liberty yeah. walk down the street, step on a cop car, and then bang through a... No, obviously not. You thought it was awesome. I mean, All right, there you I go. just described well, it in a way that I was audience. like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> As a child, you were like, hey, come hey, on. Hey, come on, look uh, at this. Hey, look at this. Um, Lieutenant Jason Randall writes, Hey guys, turns out Picard isn't dead and Riker isn't dead, so no one is dead and there's no one to reason to worry and all is well. Oh, sorry, dead ensign. Whoopsie. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Brett LeBlond writes, Took me a while, but listening to the podcast, I finally clued in that Picard picked the alias of Galen, as in his mentor, Professor Galen, the Federation's foremost oh, archaeologist. Oh, that is an excellent uh, note. Who is recently deceased from the episode where they were traveling the galaxy looking for secret messages in DNA. Oh, so in an God. effort uh, to hide his identity as Captain Picard from a group of archaeological renegades, he chose to assume the identity of the galaxy's most popular archaeologist. I'm not sure what is worse, his alias or the fact that no one on the ship well, of outlaws he left space Googled in, his name. In fairness, he left the Federation and was off on this wild goose chase through non-Federation space trying to find these artifacts. Galen. Oh, Professor so you're Galen. saying... I think it's a brilliant name. He is, he is assumed, fully assuming I believe he has assumed Professor Galen's name. Don't people know who he is, though? Or know he's uh, dead, rather? Look, I don't know if it hits the wire, the AP, out there in space. <laughs> I do wonder what the... 
outside of the federation what, what what you know what's the equivalent of social media and news well i mean you get you get a little bit of it in um you know they show it in picard a little bit you know he sits down for that interview uh on the news and then right. also in generations there there's like a press conference for the enterprise b's launch with with um shatner yeah yeah i wonder if it's sort of regional though i mean this is this ties into also my ongoing questions of uh, and other people's questions of like, how famous is each? Don't put it crew on other the Enterprise. People. This is your imagination, Andy. <laughs> I mean the the really great <laughs> questions that all of us as a as a unified group are asking. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, Alif KM writes. Uh, after months of compulsive listening, I'm finally caught up and feel qualified to comment in this section. Did I miss a discussion of Baran's? Accent. The disbelief could not be suspended. I could not get past the fact that he sounds like a stickball bully who beat the shit out of a deceive. Yes, I had to look up his name. Am I saying that right? In the alley behind the pool hole. Any other good accents breakthroughs on Trek shows? I mean, they're definitely wildly all over the place if you go across the series. I mean, you can even go to Deanna Troy and listen to her accent in season one. Her beta Z accent. <laughs> right. Um, Do you think she... I, I buy her story. I buy... Oh, completely. Uh, Marina Sirtis' story that she was like, oh, I'm doing this accent, and then suddenly they told her different information about the character. <laughs> yeah, and then Luxana shows up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael C. Bazaruski, pecan fan art curator, writes... Uh, this is not ooh let me send this to you this is not uh, episode related but uh, I just saw this uh, and I thought I wonder how many nanoseconds I've got a 404 error this exists oh oh wait I see what I did 404. Yeah, how many? 404. Huh? How about that? Oh, no. That 404 I like thing. the lost Lego again. hiker. There you go. Uh, interesting Lego ideas. 2139 Fender Stratocaster. Ugh. It's a, it's a Stratocaster Lego. Are they making I it? I thought, I wonder how many nanoseconds after Matt learns this exists before he orders it. I assume it exists somewhere. Oh, yeah, Are you interested? Like it no. Not really. No, not interested. How many pieces is it? Because it's not a, a thousand ship. Thousand and seventy-three. Uh, oh, I like the the black one. Looks better than. Oh, it's that's the look that appeals to you. The black one looks better than the red one. I don't know. What, that doesn't look what like that doesn't look like that fun of a build. Because why? Because it's a uh, very two-dimensional. You know what I mean? It it's like guitar it's two dimensional. Yeah, but that's not to me. That's not I see particularly gotcha. interesting. Uh, a Lego build, like a Lego build, like gotcha. I love to like build in layers and like what am I doing here? Oh, I'm building the the front left fender of the Batmobile. That's cool. Oh wow, that's a it's it put together very interestingly. But with something like this, although it is interesting construction methodology in the sense of like, but that neck looks like it's one piece, which is stupid. Is Henry getting involved, or you're like, don't touch that? Henry's, well, <laughs> he'd swallow it. Oh, right. Um, 
What do you do with them? The when neck you're done? looks like one. They're on dis- They're in my. They're on display on my on the shelf. Oh. Uh, but like, I have no room to put the Millennium Falcon because it's <laughs> six thousand pieces. <laughs> I've, I haven't. Holy I haven't. Op- I haven't opened it yet. It's been sitting. Holy crap! That, that must be fun. I, That'll be a fun. Uh, one. It's one of the harder builds. They say it's really. It's been sitting I in think the box this is for like, quite a while. This is like your your knitting. It is very much so, yeah. You know, as Nick Hornby said that um, when he had writer's block, he always he always had a uh-huh. puzzle that is like to the left of his desk. And when he was writing, Ooh. and he had a, he would always just turn and start just doing the puzzle to sort of just break his brain open. And That's it, a, and it would doing Legos for writer's block is a genius idea, man. Yeah. So that's sort I may of, try that. That's sort of where I picked that up, but it turns out, Andy. I can't believe they're so expensive now. They are. The sets are crazy sometimes. You have to order them. You have to get them early before, especially once they go. Once they're, they're yeah. Like, although I think you can still buy the giant Star Destroyer. Why don't they just make more of them? They don't have to. You can still get the giant Star Destroyer at almost retail price. What's retail price? $700. No, the retail price on it was like four. Uh, four something? I wouldn't mind a Star Destroyer. It's huge. Did you get it? I don't have the Star Destroyer, no. I just have the Falcon. Oh, which is back in stock. Anybody got a Star Destroyer they want to send us? I paid, I paid more. <laughs> I paid more for the this. It's back in stock. 7,500 yeah. pieces. You should get it. I just sent you the link. All right. Maybe I will. I sent, Although the I sent you the Falcon, sent you the Falcon link. Oh, the Falcon. It's link. on How Amazon. Eight hundred bucks. Ugh, eight hundred dollars. I know, absurd. But think about the years of enjoyment you'd have when you looked at it as it was not put together, and it stared you in the face mockingly. It's like, when are you going to put me together? What do I do with it when it's? I wish there was That's a way to the profit thing, right? from it. Well. Okay, maybe there is. Buy it and hold on to it for a couple of years. <laughs> or I guess you could buy it. Yeah, and then you're saying sell sell the the set, sell the don't don't put it together, and then if you want to profit off, you of can't it, buy it. You can't sell and no, I mean you will use it and then so can you set? Do you think when are you these can resell them are, on eBay? I've seen them. People sell them like where they've been rebagged. Like people have put them together, but then rebagged them because the bags are in numbers. You know what I mean? The bags are numbered, uh, right. so you have you need to follow the instructions. You need the set in the original that's definitely bag a, numbers. It's definitely a tricky proposition to buy a an, uh, uh, an already assembled Lego from someone because you're really taking your taking your chances that they. I will got say that I've I've had um, a few Lego sets that have had pieces missing, new in box. I'm sure a few, but not like nothing crazy, crazy. What a frustration that is. Oh, it, immensely. Um, that's it for the president's circle. <laughs> uh, thanks for the uh, We don't... We don't have any hails, but we do have... Uh, so, our, our, our... You know, we obviously give special preference to the... Um, or special attention to uh, our president's circle and did lieutenant. S- did you say we don't have any regular hails? We don't. Oh, wow. Uh, if you want to change um, that, everybody, you can you can go ahead and email us. 
that the email address we do have a couple of prime shortly oh i'm yes, doing it wrong because do have... you have prime corrective stuff which is in the president's that comes circle. after hails no it's in hails you said it comes after hails Wait, I'm Hails are after. Tell them the sorry. Regular hails are after the president. So we're leaving circle. the president circle. <laughs> Correct. Which we'll do right now. We also did this on Excellent Adventure. I entered the president circle. <laughs> <laughs> how did uh? I was doing with that know, part. <laughs> I just I fired it up because I needed an air horn. Because somebody had gotten pregnant. Um, amazing. Um, uh, so now we're back in the hallway. And now, so we're yes, yeah, so we're back in the hallway. You can, I don't know, you tell me, protocol-wise, would we open the hail bag and then do prime corrective? That's generally what happens. Where did they come from? But we have no hails. Where did the prime uh, correctives come from? I believe the prime correctives are part of the hail bag. Yeah, yeah I do too. But who sent them? President Circle members? Oh, good We should point. have stayed in yeah. there. You're right. You're right. You want to go back in? <laughs> yep. The United Federation of Planets President Okay. Oh, people at the, Thank God. the pancake station are very confused what are you guys about us doing coming back, back here. here. <laughs> it's the morning, so the buffet is uh, is uh, breakfast themed. Um, all right, now let's open up the prime correctives. <laughs> we have time for a retrospective. Probably just Matt. Um, been getting a lot of you know, uh, 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 you know, proddings lately. Hey, do, go back to the main pod. Well, this is what the main pod was, guys. Everybody remember? <laughs> all right. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. We're just we're all over the place. I don't know, people are we're, prodding uh, us in what sense? Uh, do more. To do more episodes of this mess. Well, you're Correct. in luck, That's what everybody. I'm saying. It's you're like, in luck. This is it's it. here. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Mr. The Ultimate Trekker writes, because we were not sure about Gambit, uh, or I was not sure about Gambit, uh, whether he'd been in any of the movies. Gambit has a small part in X-Men Origins Wolverine. I only include this because a lot of people apparently were shouting oh. at their phones. Um, it could not have been a good rendition. In that movie, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I've seen that one. Or origins, ironically. origins, origins. That's the one. I believe that's the one with Ryan uh, Reynolds as pre. Oh yeah, as uh, uh, as Deadpool, as sewed up mouth Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Knife hands Deadpool. <laughs> that's how charming Ryan Reynolds is. You can be, you can be in that as Deadpool. In this, in this, in this utterly hated rendition of Deadpool, you can then go yeah. do what many consider to be one of the worst superhero movies of all time: The Green Lantern. You can star in The Green Lantern, but you, yeah. as a human being, are so fucking handsome and charming that you talk your yeah. way back into Fox to make Deadpool the way you want to make. 
I agree with you that that in and of itself, that he even got the shot, is yes. astounding. Amazing. When you get past that step, the fact that the audience accepted him, I think, is testament to he was aware of what he does well. Right. And kept maneuvering to get to be able to do it in a housing uh-huh. that, that supported him. And th- like anything other than Deadpool, I think, would not have afforded him that. Uh, that's not true. There are other. It's hard to say, yeah, because he's that, like but. so fucking charming. Um, he, I think it's interesting that he's now appearing a lot with The Rock because I feel like they might be on a parallel track where oh, no. they're spending a lot of that the chips of what they do. What if they very fast? What if they outcharm each other? Well, I, I feel like they might they might uh, be spending too much. We'll see what happens. See if they run at the end of the road. We got a charm off. That Kevin Hart is also in that box, and they also all work together. I mean, I'm I'm entertained and and charmed by all of them, but uh, it feels like the the audience at a certain point is going to be like, "All right, we'll see." Well, Andy, thank you for sharing that with me. Command Master Chief Robert Garrison writes, Andy. Uh, I was in the Air Force. The Command Master Chief is just for fun because this is a Star Trek podcast and Trek features naval-style ranks. My apologies to Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Um, He's not in the Navy. He was in the Air Force. Uh, Maladin from Michigan writes, uh, Prime Corrective, sort of. I don't know if you're going to react badly to this. (laughs) During... Uh, the Today In, you guys talk about the Blue Jays winning the World Series in a walk-off. It's hard to discern what Matt says, whether he says Henry or Aaron Carter. Gary, Gary. It was, it was Joe Carter. Joe, why did I say Gary? The Henry or Aaron were the ones that you said. Henry or Aaron. No, no, I said Gary. He misheard Gary. I said it. I said the wrong name regardless. Right. But the wrong name I said was neither of the two wrong names he said I said. So I've got a so prime corrective like wrong, for you. <laughs> I've got a prime corrective right back at you. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> you're not the nerd for this show. You thought I you was were. wrong oh, in a different boy. way. Oh boy, is there egg on your face? Looks like someone uh, was wrong about how I was wrong. <laughs> Um, that's it. If you guys would like to send a free hail to us, uh, it's at sttncpod at gmail.com. We're trying to get a little bit more regular with the pod. Um, we always deliver the pods we need uh, by the end of the month, but we're even trying to get them out um, on a more weekly basis in the Patreon, and we're trying to get out more TNGs on the main pod. If you would like to tweet or Instagram, Matt, it's at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Uh, if you'd like to send us a voice hail, please do. Try and keep it to the ballpark of a minute. Um, it's at 816-TREK-TNC. He laughs and says, no, no I, as no, long no, no, as no. you want. I'm laughing then, because what? we can't keep anything in a ballpark of a time frame. <laughs> oh, That's what sure. I'm laughing that about. That is... That is guys, utter hypocrisy. Guys, please don't on go on part. and on about nothing. Guys, we don't we don't want an hour Come of on. this section of the show like Matt and I have single-handedly so created. Fucking dumb. If you guys were to talk like any a, longer than 60 seconds. Jesus. You, what are you going to fill this Ugh. this this Star Trek podcast up with Star Trek information? Get over Ugh. yourselves. <laughs> 
Anyway, that's it for the hail bag. Oh, all right. Let me open it before I close it. Because we're in the president's all circle. Right. So we're in the hail bag. Let's hear what everybody's saying. Uh, looks like no one's writing in. Okay. So that works out. All right. You know what this podcast is? It's not, it's not the equivalent of the Enterprise D. It's the equivalent of whatever uh, uh, Bob, what was his name? Bob Gale? The guy, uh, Gilligan. <laughs> the guy on Space Nuts. Do you have any familiarity with that sitcom? Space Nuts. I don't remember Space Nuts. I'm pretty sure it was called Space Nuts. It was a weird, might have been a, I don't, a Saturday morning I don't doubt you. Sitcom. Um... Yeah. Far uh, out space nuts, you mean? <laughs> yes, far out space nuts. Ninety uh, percent like it of Google users. <laughs> Andy, was, I think was, I have never in my life seen this. I know. Oh, like, it's a Sid and Marty Croft show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, it makes sense that you said Gil- Gilligan because Bob, Bob, Bob Denver, Denver was in it. That was what I was thinking of. Yeah. Wow. Um. What a wild, far-out show. <laughs> and I think it's two... 15 episodes of this, two, everybody, and Andy's it's burned in Andy's brain. It's two um, janitors that get shot off into space. Not the worst setup for a, for a show. That maybe, is, I'll, that is mighty. maybe I'll see who owns the rights to this. That is mighty crazy. CBS! <laughs> Hello, CBS. Yes. Hi. We'd like to talk about oh, your... Who knows? Your, they would do it. We'd like to talk about your far-out space nuts. What? <laughs> what if that was like... That was my blank check. Like, I become a huge hit, and then I was like, oh, right, that's it. Finally, I can do far-out space nuts. <laughs> Look, it wouldn't be any weirder than, like, you know, oh, uh, after Goodwill Hunting. What did he... I can't remember his name. Who directed Goodwill Hunting? Um, Gore Vince? No. Uh, Gore. Gus Van Sant. He was like, Yes. You can do whatever you want now, Gus. He goes, I want to remake Psycho shot for shot. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, anyway. Good times. Uh, the 90s, you know? Yeah. The 90s. Um. Let's just read you a, a random episode. Fantastic Journey. Junior, Barney, and Honk contend with mad scientists, a robot, and a giant alien monster that stole their antenna. Sounds fantastic. I mean, it sounds like shenanigans, you know? Yeah. My memories, it's horrific. Um, all right. So we'll be covering that in our Patreon soon. And um... <laughs> I guess we should Andy. maybe talk about the episode, Andy. Oh, fine. What? Oh, that sounds never played on the regular pod, but it is now because there's an announcement for the patrons. Andy and I took a little break here between between recording and recording. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, we somehow ended up discussing the McCoy figure even more and more. That's right. The Amok Time Sideshow Collectible figure that has been sitting in someone's trunk can be yours, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to give it away to a lucky patron. Do you want it? Maybe you do. Do you not want it, but you want extra podcasts? Well, that's a reason to join as well. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Support the podcast 
at either the lieutenant level or the president circle level. And uh, next month, at random, we will choose <laughs> a person. And it will be shipped to you via the kind and generous original owner. Talking That's right, everybody. That's right. So, and if you we pick you and you don't want it, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're still getting the Dr. McCoy, a mock time sideshow collectible figure. Oh, I was thinking maybe we should enough. we should start like having people say like have a posting where it's like all the people who want it, but eh, screw it, it's just going to somebody. It's funnier this way <laughs> that it's that you and I have both gone like ah, I want it, but then I just have it and I wouldn't know what to do with it. Now we're sticking that to somebody else. Is what That's right. Do. <laughs> we're passing the buck in in a way, uh, and I'm excited <laughs> about it, and I hope you're excited about it. So, this is a bunch of trekkers. Somebody's gonna. Somebody's gonna be. You know what? My this. hope is somebody out there what? listening to the show has has Spock and Kirk, but never got the McCoy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be horrible if that person didn't win? <laughs> <laughs> if you are that person, please let us know. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, join the Patreon, and uh, next month uh, on the very show, we will announce who is getting uh, the Doctor McCoy sideshow collectible that is not new in box, but is new in foam. That's right. Because the box has disintegrated over 13 years <laughs> in someone's truck. Not what you'd call mint. Uh, well, mint in foam, I think. Mint well, I guess you can't foam. call it mint once the box is gone. It does sound like he hasn't, uh, you know, he hasn't played with it. So. <laughs> that, that sounded like judgment on your part. How could, he, how could he not just play with it? It's right there. I mean, come on. It's McCoy. You got to have it go around and tell your other figures that he's a, he's a figure. He's not a doctor. He's a doctor. He's not a figure. Make him insult all your Vulcan friends. It's McCoy, everybody. <laughs> uh, Speaking of toys, in the interim, since uh, we uh, took a break, uh, I also have de- dove head first into, uh, into looking into Legos. <laughs> Wait, you dove headfirst into looking into Legos? That's not diving. <laughs> to buying Legos. Oh, wait, to getting you, a Lego Have you set. purchased any Legos? I haven't because That's they're not diving, so, right they're now you're so just, exorbitantly priced. You're I don't, sticking I don't your toe in the water. Yeah, I'm sticking That's my toe That's not diving. How do you feel about these these faux ones? These mock ones? These, what do you uh, mean? What's the other one? Oh, the... the, uh, the, 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 the the bootleg Lego sets? Yeah, yeah. That look almost exactly the same. One of them looks almost exactly the I same. I mean, go watch some reviews of them online. I mean, they. I started to watch them, and I, I didn't have your your endurance, so it was sort of you know. Oh well, I mean, some of those, some of the, the you know, this is, Lego, and then you see yeah. the little the satellite dish is slightly. It's a little bit more wobbly yeah, on this yeah, one, yeah. and then whatever. It basically just sounds like they're they're exactly the same, except the Lego ones are more dependably solid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I don't fully support the. Uh, copyright theft that's happening over there oh i see but i also am like you'll probably get a similar amount of uh uh, i don't know uh, puzzle time out of it yeah (laughs) i guess i'll call it puzzle time yeah a mock time remember (laughs) could be yours join the patreon uh it's the least convincing (laughs) um um, a campaign we've had. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great campaign. <laughs> anyway, Let's we get into crossed it. many doors to many places. Your hands made us think of all your faces. So plug the MC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. 
Oh, yes, Andy. We're going to talk about this week's episode, Season 7, Episode 6. Phantasms? Uh, yeah, 6, correct. Okay, answer everything I say now. We'll just have a question mark at the end of it. This aired the week of October 25th, 1993. <laughs> Seems right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Andy, what was happening in the uh, in the great wide world at that point? Well, Matthew, the number one song in the U.S. was Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. She uh, is just all over these charts. If you choose, the number one song in the U.K. is I'd Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf. Oh, I might take uh, that right now. That had, to, that had to chart in America at some point, right? Uh, I would think so. Unless it was just, unless Mariah Carey just completely boxed him out the whole time. I, I can't imagine it. Sorry, this is like going to be so... There's so it's one of those videos that has like there we go oh yeah the meat <laughs> uh, no more movie <laughs> anyway go ahead Andy no one movie, Demolition Man, talking about sci-fi. Uh, number one book, Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller. Number one TV show that week, Home Improvement. Oh, uh-huh. that <laughs> birth that week, with a little friend of ours, actor Troy Gentile. Oh my nice goodness! Pull. This terrible episode aired. <laughs> Troy's the year, the day of Troy's birth. <laughs> right. There's a lot of chaos in the in the uh, uh, in the atmosphere that week. Uh, Death that week. Vincent Price and River Phoenix. Sad um, events. The UPN network is announced. <laughs> is threatened to America. <laughs> if you don't shape up, we're launching a network. I presided over the death of that same network. <laughs> My show was canceled uh, because that. That network was canceled. You and, didn't. Uh, uh, you did, that was a big to do of like what they were going to continue to air. Right. Remember, it was like, yes, Buffy will take. Uh, we'll take Go- Gilmore Girls. Right. Yeah. Hard pass on this Secunda show. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Love Inc. was not in the Gilmore Girls box. <laughs> um. I could. I could. I cannot. I, this is. This is. This shows my youth. And my faith in the amount of money I was going to get in the future and the amount of success I was going to have to... Oh, this is just the beginning. I was excited when it was canceled. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, this is going to be great. Gonna go yeah. on to a bunch of other stuff. To the moon, you were thinking. <laughs> Life is a lot of but in a way, you know, bumps. here you are. We're in the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> it's true. I, I made, went to space. I did something else. <laughs> I forgot that this had a duet portion. Who's the lady? Anyone know? Uh, I don't. I don't personally know. But I'm, I bet someone else out there does. I imagine she's a listener. She's like, guys. Lorraine, it's Lorraine Crosby. Lorraine Crosby listens to the show. Good old Lorraine Crosby. It's probably Denise Crosby's cousin. Seems like her number one credit is this song, so. I mean, look, there are worse credits in the world to have. Yeah. 
I mean, like, for instance, creating Love, Inc. Lorraine Crosby famously <laughs> created Love, Inc., and I stole it from her. Such a funny joke. I wish you would laugh. <laughs> now, when you don't laugh, it just feels mean, and I didn't mean it to be mean. Oh, no, I don't know. It's nothing. No one can hurt me in any way on Love, Inc. <laughs> um, let's get into it. Oh, wait. We have something to do before we do. Well, I mean, first of all, I got to, I got to, I got to. I didn't mean to and take uh, take that over here and then <sighs> look I would be upset if it was any other segment but here we go uh... Frank Sinatra <laughs> come on da, 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 da. it's time for that segment everybody hates <laughs> Frank Sinatra come on alright Andy what's going on with the chairman of the board in October 93 Guess who's back in Vegas, baby? (laughs) Frank is starting another six-night run at the Desert Inn. Matt will be glad to know that Fly Me to the Moon is part of the set list. Oh, finally. That's it. That's not it, man. He is just six nights. (laughs) Does not quit, Frank. Sure doesn't. He is the hardest working man, and, or was the hardest working man in Jefferson. Or was James Brown alive at the same time? He was. So. Yeah, of course. You think they had work ethic uh, competitions? Yeah, a work-off. <laughs> you and I would lose that. All right. So then, now, look, here's what we do. We usually read from uh, Larry Nevercheck's book. And, uh, well, why not? Let's find out what the hell he has to say about this. <laughs> why not? Uh, this was uh, written by Brandon Brandon Braga Braga, directed by Patrick Patrick Stewart Stewart. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's disappointing. Uh, and here we go. Do you think when he got it, he was like, oh, dear. Really? There's not not another. Uh, you want to maybe oh, no. hold me until was, the next one? I think he was excited to do something different, out of yeah. the ordinary. Slap a uh, weird it, lens on there and do. Some it does give you a lot shots. of room to. Uh, gives you a lot of room to kind of create your own. I mean, you know. look, we're out of the gate with this some, is Inception Land. Some editorializing here by uh, Doctor Trek. Here, ready. LaForge is embarrassed by the ongoing failure of the newly installed warp core. <laughs> I mean, you're reading between the lines, <laughs> Dr. Trek. Huh. It's also in an episode where he's embarrassed by something else. It's odd that he chose to use embarrassed there. <laughs> Data becomes troubled by disturbing nightmare images from his dreaming program. Uh, from memories of eating a living cake in the shape of Deanna Troy to workmen apparently disrupting a plasma conduit, Data seeks out a Sigmund Freud holodeck program and even Troy herself for answers. Though, uh, one, though wondering if he's developing human neuroses, Troy, like LaForge, dismisses Data's dreams as just a new level of humanity until he drifts off during a work session, begins seeing, eating, a, eating and mouth images on crewmen, and finally stabs Troy in the shoulder when he sees a mouth image there, even with his dream program turned off. It seems like he just jumped a lot, but okay. With Data confined to quarters uh, and a new warp core still a problem, in sickbay, Dr. Crusher finds interphasic leech-like creatures on Troy at the point of her stab womb. She learns that the creatures, largely invisible, are all over the crew and are fatally extracting cellular peptides. Sensing that Data's dreams are a clue to their removal, Picard and LaForge enter the holodeck. 
connected data's dream program and encounter the images data has been seeing. Upon awakening, the android successfully uses a high-frequency interphasic pulse to drive out the creatures uh, whose effects, including the warp core failure, had been depicted in his dreams. Wow. Here we go. That <laughs> says it all, Dr. Trek. Buckle up. <laughs> Sharon... Sharing the screen here. Let's go. Uh, Data, there you are. Data, I'm we embarrassed. Need to install that plasma conduit right away. We're bringing the new core online in less than three hours. I will go to deck twenty and begin modifications. Great. I'll meet you in engineering as soon as you're finished there. See, so, you know, it's interesting. Yes. Let me do this. This ought to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so what's interesting is what I liked first was that it was obviously a dream. And then LeVar chose to deliver it completely straight. Like the the cam the the lens he's using, uh, the wide angle lens, the, the you know, the, the tracking shot, all that stuff suggests the dream. So you don't need to also do be weird, but then when he walks away, he of course has to go, This ought to be a lot of fun. <laughs> like, all right, man. <laughs> I mean, if that's your biggest problem with the episode, then you're gonna that's love it. The and then I was like, I'm out. Forget it. <laughs> Look in this area. It's just the beginning. You are dismantling a warp plasma conduit. I must ask you to stop. Be quiet. Uh, so these, you know, these, uh, what do you call them? I would call them... Uh, miners. Miners? Uh, rail workers? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. They're just the. Uh, I feel like they were. Were they in his previous dream? Well, this is part of the thing that I have the problem with 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 the uh, the iconography that they cram into the dream. Is why is it like an old timey phone in him? Why is it old timey miners? Why is it an old timey phone ringing? Which Picard calls out, and it's never addressed. Like, has anyone heard a phone ring in two hundred years? Uh, <laughs> Picard has because he's fucking Dixon Hill, bro. That is true. That Come is true. on. Yeah. He Fair. even knows a 48 Packard when he sees one. And I guess you could. Well, actually, no. Sherlock would have been pre phone, right? Would Sherlock have been pre phone? I think so. Would have been a, a contemporary of Alexander Graham Bell hmm. and Watson. Ironic, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Watson, come here. I need you. (laughs) (laughs) This space station, uh, maybe it's just borrowed footage from a movie and I'm not remembering. This reused space station from Star Trek I feel like, does it look just like this? Is this just the actual footage? Uh, Because I think this looks fantastic. New, yeah. In a way that I don't remember it, the 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 space stations looking in anything, even the movies. But maybe it's from Star Trek Three, and I haven't seen it in a long time. You uh, watch Star Trek Three, you'll really enjoy yourself some space dock. Whatever the case, it's really beautiful. I love it. Log, I was on board at Commander this point. Forge has completed the installation of our new warp core. We are preparing to test its capabilities. 
Something wrong, sir. I just got a message from Starfleet Command. Bad news. You could say that. I've been invited to the annual Starfleet Admiral's Banquet. My condolences. <laughs> I've managed to avoid it for the past six years, but now it would seem that my luck has run out. Just a hundred douchey admirals in a room. Tedious. Fifty admirals shaking oh, 50. hands. Sorry. Making dull conversation, uninteresting food, boring speeches. Can't you think of some excuse to get out of it? After six years, number one, I don't think I have any excuses left. Uh, well, I mean, look, at least that tells me that Picard gets it. The admirals are weird. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> he avoids them. Who wouldn't? Yeah. I wish he, he was like, have... I wish he was like, they'll all go on and on. Jean-Luc this, Jean-Luc that. I'll go, I don't know you. <laughs> he must have turned down being an admiral many times, right? Wouldn't I mean, we assume that at this point? That's your headcanon. You can assume it all you My want. Headcanon. Come on. Everything this guy's accomplished? Uh, look at all those other jokers that are admirals. We don't know what they're doing. They could be mm-hmm. doing even even cooler stuff on board their yeah. little ships. Maybe they're more effective at like you know uh, playing the clerical, game, clerical maybe, work. No, maybe ships. maybe they're just better at being at the banquet five years in a row. That is true. He's not playing the political game by now. There going you to go. This. That's your problem. Yeah. You know, nothing changes. Starfleet is just like corporate America. Jordy, yeah. have you ever had a nightmare? Yeah, sure did. Everybody does from time to time. I've had 111 dreams since I first discovered this program nine months ago. In all of that time, I have never experienced such strange and disturbing imagery. I believe it was a nightmare. Well, nightmares are a part of dreaming data. Maybe you've just discovered another level to your program. Perhaps. I like that they lay it out and set up the, all right, this was a while ago, and he's been working with the dream since then. That's nice. I have also noted that I am spending an inordinate amount of time thinking about nightmare imagery. One could almost say I am preoccupied. Well, it's perfectly normal, Data. Sometimes when I have a nightmare, I can't shake that weird feeling for a couple of days. Commander LaForge? Speaking of nightmares... I just finished recalibrating the starboard EPS module. That's great, Ensign. Thank you. It's just like you said. Reset the power tap and the module came right online. You have such a wonderful grasp of engineering principles. I'm learning so much just being around you. I'll tell you what. Why don't you help Farrell check out the deuterium cartridges? I'm just about to bring the warp core online, all right? Anything you say. I don't even know. That first line, first of all, is maybe one of the most ADR lines I've ever heard. (laughs) It sounds like she's not even on the ship. It sounds like she's narrating. Commander LaForge. Um, it sounded. Uh, I don't know. I thought it sounded like her when once she started talking. Anyway, I, but yes, it did like sound like it came out of nowhere. Um, it sounded like we were going to snap to, and Jordy was dreaming, and it was just going to be dream within dream within dream within dream until we find out that all of this was inside Spot's head. <laughs> I was surprised they actually didn't do more of that. I was certain that that's where it was going to go at the end. 
Um, but maybe it just got so complicated that they couldn't they couldn't add another layer. Well, that would have been that would have been like a lot like the holodeck within the holodeck within the holodeck kind of bullshit. This just ends because this seems. I kind of like this plot. It, it definitely, to me, confirms. It only supports the uh, Jordy is a mechophile theory. Here he is, you know, can't can't get anything going, has trouble in love, uh, and then this lady's interested. Seems totally pleasant, and uh, he's, he's turned up his nose. Um, but uh, although we must also remember that she's a human being and all the other people have been holograms or machines or whatever. Uh, or, or, or data. Closest, or data, yes. Or the closest is someone who designed the Enterprise, but I count that as a kind of, uh, of a, <laughs> uh, adjacent, a robot adjacent person. But, but, but I guess my, uh, my, my question is, not to spoil this, <laughs> at the end... Fine. Yeah. At the end, it just ends with her. She sort of does him, does him a solid. Gets, gets. Uh, who was it? Picard? Picard out of the way. Picard out of the way. And then that's it for this plot, right? Yeah. They're spending a lot of shoe leather on this. Are they setting it up for another episode? It's the only shoe leather in this episode. I mean, I guess the other subplot is the banquet. <laughs> That's another. Both of the subplots bite in this episode, and then the main plot kind of bites. Yeah, to, to be honest, actually, or to be more accurate, I don't think this one is bad. I think this one had potential. I like this dynamic, but then it's like, the well, why are we? Why are we doing it? Jordy and the ensign. Yeah. Uh huh. I think it's interesting to see Jordy in a situation where, the, uh, first of all, I think it's interesting to see someone. Like, the only person who had this kind of human crush on people, I think we've seen, is Barkley, and he was weird and internal about it. And this lady is, like, straight out about it. I guess the uh, the lady who, who flirted with Picard and, and went out with Picard, the engineer, that was sort of more direct. She was an astrophysicist. Lessons? The episode. She was an astrophysicist. Astrophysicist or astronomist? Oh my god! It's astrophysicist. She had a blue sense. uniform on. <laughs> Sorry, apologize. Jordy, you do not seem to appreciate Ensign Tyler's enthusiasm. Mm, she's enthusiastic, all right, about me. Real cocky for somebody who seems to not have had a date in I six years. I understand. She's got a crush on me, Data. You do not share her affection. Exactly, and quite frankly, it's beginning to get a little bit. Uncomfortable. I believe I understand. You were concerned about unintentionally hurting Ensign Tyler's feelings. Yeah, something like that. Oh, this is. Can we stop for a second? This is another thing. I think that something like that, in response to someone saying, "So it's like this," and and someone saying, "Mostly Jordy," something like that. I think is like this shows like in uh, in Star Wars when they say. Um, uh, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> and then a bunch of different characters say it. I feel like people are very frequently saying something like that. And I feel like it's just like, just say whether it is or it isn't. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Jordy say something like that. Keep an eye on it. I will. Somebody make me it a super cut. you require a third party to intervene on your behalf, I will be happy to speak to her. No, Data. <laughs> I'll take care of him. I would love to have seen Data go over. Would have been fantastic. 
myself. That's it actually would have been a great data subplot to learn about human interaction. Like, I know I said it, and I know I wish somebody would take care of it, but I didn't want you, it's like too hurtful for you to take care of it. I think that's an interesting thing for him to. You're recall. just trying to find things that aren't this plot. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. When I first awoke from my nightmare, there was a brief moment when I... Bridge to Command LaForge. What's our status? Well, well, I, I like that booming over the loudspeaker. Yeah. You rarely... It's it also, usually sounds like it's coming from the comm badge. Right. But that one is like reverberating through engineering. Anyone. Anyone in engineering. <laughs> the new call um, line, Captain. Stand by. You know, another thing is they have data start that line and then Picard interrupts or the, the, the announcement interrupts. Do you think that they're doing that to suggest that data so preoccupied he's actually is being a blabbery neurotic like the rest of us? Uh, I don't, Why have him start the line? I don't and then think that was intentional. It? Why have him start that line? Then? Why not just have the announcement come on? To make it feel real. Like I've stopped talking. Here's Picard. I don't feel <laughs> you know like what TNG, I mean? Yeah, but I don't feel like TNG does that that much. I feel like they don't. They, they make it clean. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, though. Something like that. <laughs> Aha! Initializing deuterium infusion sequence... It's a thing of beauty. There you go. There's the date. Now let's see how fast she can run. She. Everyone's running from the Georgia. forge. The bridge. Warp power at your discretion, Captain. Acknowledged. And some gates. Set course for Starbase 219. Warp 6. Engage. Engage. They don't even give her a line to say to the captain that it's I haven't. It is true. Her. Yeah. Why isn't my ship moving? I think she says I'm something. on it, Captain. There's a no, she doesn't. I thought she has a line later. I think she does. I think I've got it fixed now. Ready, sir. Very well. And some gates. Anton Gates looks like, ooh boy, did I just shut off the ship? Mr. LaForge. Stand by, Captain. Captain, I am taking the warp coil engines offline. LaForge to bridge. I'm sorry, sir, but we're going to have to reconfigure this plasma conduit. It's going to take at least a couple of hours, sir. I'm embarrassed. It's Spot. He's not embarrassed. I just want you to know that. He's not embarrassed. Anyway. Leap. In the past 15 minutes, he has had 12 muscle spasms, which indicates he was dreaming. I have often wondered what Spot dreams about. His twitching and rapid breathing would seem to suggest anxiety. Spot has never seen a mouse or any other form of rodentia. He has never encountered an insect or been chased by a canine. I understand you've had some interesting dreams recently. Geordie was worried about you and he wanted me to check in and see how you were doing. 
was very thoughtful of him. Seems intrusive I've to me. I've been debating whether or not to initiate another dream sequence. Because of the nightmares? I have found them to be quite... Delicious. Whoa. Data, you shouldn't be afraid of dark imagery in your dreams. It's a natural expression of your unconscious. If you have an unconscious. I'm not sure how your positronic brain works, but if it's anything like ours, then there's a part of you that's trying to express itself through your dream state. And I think you should allow yourself to experience it. Even if it As ends Sigmund up in you stabbing said, me. <laughs> dreams are the royal road to the knowledge of the mind. Like that time you killed that Borg and felt the sensation? <laughs> Explore it. You'll you'll be of no danger to anyone on the ship. Thanks, Data. <laughs> Thank you, Counselor. I believe I will initiate a dream program now. Let me know how it goes. Seems like you're close to Good doing night, it, Troy. Good night, Counselor. Did she look tired? What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying she was boring. <laughs> the thing is the Blind spot. I mean, the, the spot stuff is almost enough to save this episode for me. <laughs> Why does he have a bed? Why does he have a bed? And why does he not... If he's gonna go to the if he's gonna go to the direction of why does he have a bed? If he's gonna Computer. go as far as putting the blanket on, why not put on pajamas? You're just gonna keep your uniform on like your redaction figure all all night long. A little a little nightcap would be fun too, you know. Sure, do the whole thing. Just dress like your Scrooge. Put glowy stars on your ceiling. I want you to clear out all the tables in 10 forward. That way we'll know it's a dream. <laughs> somebody uh, tweeted at uh, our Twitter. A, uh, somebody had made a uh, cellular peptide cake, but I didn't know what it was until I watched this episode. <laughs> Sir? That damn ringing. Answer it, will you? Yes, sir. Do you think the actors felt this was silly? Do I think the who? You know, Gates and and uh, Frakes. Do you think like when when she was like sucking the juice out of his head? Do you think they were like, "This is real dumb"? <laughs> no, honestly, I think they were just like into the idea of like having something else to do. Uh huh. Right. Seven years into the show, they're like, oh, cool. Let's do like a weird, absurd dream thing. Yeah. Anyway, Data cuts through the cake and then oversleeps mm-hmm. and everyone's there. So he wakes up and I thought this was going to be a dream again. What is wrong? We've been trying to wake you for the last five minutes. When well, you didn't show up on time in engineering, I got worried. Isn't it weird that they're all three of them are supposed to wake over 30. his bed? Well, I mean, how do you wake an android up? Uh-huh. So he like called for help. You just stand there. <laughs> she said she'd been trying to wake you for five minutes. So yeah. how long before the other two were called in, and how long before they broke into his quarters? It's a lot of intrusive stuff with Data, as far as I'm, I think. Jordy went first. Yeah. And Data's Data was like unresponsive. And Jordy was like, oh, he turned on his dream program again, but he's not waking up. I'll get the counselor who I talked to about this earlier. 
And then they were like, uh, we should call security too in case something's wrong. Yeah, but she says we've been trying to wake you for five minutes. Yeah. Maybe they were it like, maybe they were like, didn't all happen don't wake minutes. them, don't wake them up yet. <laughs> Gather everybody. Just wait, first. just wait, just wait. <laughs> and then we'll, and then we'll start together. We'll start at the same time. And that other thing, if I tell you about like, I don't know, I'm just struggling through this problem and you know, I'm trying to figure it out. And then suddenly the next thing is you told the ship's counselor and he's like, well, Matt says that you're struggling through this problem. I'd be like, what? I should go to the counselor and tell him my problem. Well, that's a human. My problem. You're know, saying a, a, data, an data, android. data doesn't have well, feelings. Well, minimally, so they're, those. quote, friends. They never stopped talking about it until Picard. <laughs> wouldn't, Jordy, wouldn't, Jordy, wouldn't Jordy have just said, you know what you should do, Data? You should go and talk to Troy about it. Well, that would be. She's like not a, doing anything that'd else. That'd be a redundant. That'd be a redundant scene. Yeah, I know. Like they got it all done with just him coming in and being, or coming in. And yeah, being that's there. really the reason. It's that's really the reason it's there. I understand writing wise why it's there, but it Something's sticks in my wrong. craw. Something is wrong with the plot, and it sticks in Andy's craw. You know, Data. There's an awful lot we don't know about your dream program. Maybe it was designed to cause side effects. I mean, for all we know, Dr. Sung might have intended for you to oversleep from time to time. It's part of the human experience. It is a possibility. However, I prefer to make certain there are no anomalies in my neural nets. You know, I'm curious. What were you dreaming about when we woke you up? (laughs) I have not fully assimilated its impact. I would prefer to study the images further before discussing them. Mm. Sounds like it must have been pretty strange. Strange is not a sufficient adjective to describe the experience. That's emotion, right? Him choosing not to tell him because he's uncomfortable? Well, he doesn't know how to interpret it. So he doesn't really know what... He was just saying what were the dreams about. He he doesn't know what to say. He could have literally just told him what was happening in the dream. But then maybe Jordy would have put it together before the plot was over. You can't answer everything with, like, it's a plot convenience. <laughs> but it is. We're looking at the information that's in front of us, and I'm saying uh, Data is, feel- based on what they're presenting to us, Data is feeling emotion. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, he would yes, have just we said. we know this. Well, I, you know but, this. I know this. Yeah. That's what yeah. we always say. Yeah. This is the classic Vulcan debate. Well, it's not a debate when we both agree. <laughs> That data just doesn't know how to process his emotions that he has. Right. And did you? Yes. As I began slicing the cake, she reacted as though I was causing her pain. Yet I could not stop cutting. It looks too tasty. That is when I woke up. The cake does not look good. I was wondering what your take was. It looked like a light angel food cake, which is like... I want, some, I want some dense moisture in my yeah. cake. Thank you. I like, a, I like a straight birthday cake, and that one looks a little bit uh, lighter than a birthday cake. Looks like an angel food cake. Yeah. Maybe that's because Troy is an angel. Could be. Made of peptides. Dr. Freud, I am curious. <laughs> I am curious. What do my nightmares mean? 
I believe you are experiencing a classic dismemberment dream. Or in your case, being a mechanical man, a dismantlement dream. I do not understand. Your mechanistic qualities are trying to reassert themselves over your human tendencies. Ego and id struggling for domination. The workmen symbolize the ever-present id constantly working to destroy the ego. Or the image of Councillor Troy, a female, is devoured by you. Clearly indicating an unconscious desire to possess your own mother. But I do not have a mother. Do not interrupt. The knife, in its violent connotation, suggests a certain feeling of sexual inadequacy. But I have no sexual desire. Ah! Impotence on top of everything. It is all becoming clear to me now. <laughs> There might be a paper in this. The holodeck uh, thinks that uh, Freud is a selfish tool. Classic (laughs) transference. Your anger toward me is, in fact, the animosity you feel toward your father. You are a polymorphously perverse individual, Mr. Data. And I recommend full psychoanalysis. I believe I can fit you in... uh, Next Tuesday. I am almost certain. Computer. And pro. Mm -hmm. The polymorphously perverse is derived from, uh, even though I know it's from Freud, is derived from Annie Hall. No writer is going to put polymorphously perverse in a scene unless it's a direct reference to Annie Hall. That's my theory. That's a kind of theory. It's not not really worthy of the the jingle. (laughs) The other thing is. they go to all this trouble and they get Twain. They put a bunch of prosthetics on them and Abraham Lincoln and all the other schmoes. Take a, take a 10 seconds and cast. Uh, this guy's performance as Freud was so fantastic that you couldn't get another actor that looked like Freud. This guy doesn't look like Freud. He doesn't look like Freud. No, it's like look Freud like to Freud. me. He looks okay. like what I think of when I think of Freud. No, there you go. Because it was a good performance then. <laughs> the performance is terrible, but he looked just like him. <laughs> oh, that ain't true. <laughs> On screen. Admiral Nakamura. Admiral. Captain. We were expecting you this morning. <laughs> is there a problem? Actually, we have good. been experiencing a few minor difficulties with our new warp core, but my chief engineer assures me that we will be underway within the hour. You're not trying to avoid this particular engagement, are you, Picard? No, no, certainly not. I'm really looking forward to it. Good. I'll expect you soon. Nakamura out. Nakamura out. I think he's on to you, sir. Hmm. The forge to bridge. Go ahead, Jody. We've just started it up, Captain. All systems are holding steady. Ready when you are, sir. Ensign Gates. Set a course. And engage. Engineering, report. The warp field has collapsed, sir. 
It looks like we've blown the entire power converter, Captain. Impulse engines power are down converters. Two. We're not going anywhere. But I know just how to fix this. Give me two, three hours tops. Talk about going nowhere fast. Ha! <sighs> Mr. Wolf, open a channel to Starbase 219. Advise Admiral Nakamura. I'll be a little later than I thought. Aye, sir. Now this is a problem. Because now he's on this track where he's rushing Jordy. When all he wants to do is miss this thing. And then at the end, he switches back again. And he's like, well, do you want me to fix it? And I can whatever. And he goes, well, because oh, no. like, because it's that time period, right? Where you're like, I better make it. Right? Yeah. I better make it. Uh, let's get this thing fixed. And then there's like, you get you get to a point where you're like so close to the thing. We're like, even if we get there now, I'm still going to be late. Okay. And it's like, fuck it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I might as well miss it. I guess. That's a lot of bending and knots to match his, that's, his back that's, and forth. That's just how I constantly always feel. Like, I, I, yeah. I felt everything Picard was feeling. <laughs> All right, there you go. I think uh, this episode was really a win for you. <laughs> this is a top five episode win for me. <laughs> Tyler, how are you coming with that relay diagnostic? Almost done, sir. Excuse me, I need the plasma inverter. It appears Eric and Tyler forward. still has a crush on you. It is clear you did not speak to her. Now and then I haven't had the time. Listen, I want you to take this brace coil and run a metallurgical scan on it for me. See if there are any microfractures. Something wrong, David? I am reminded of a recent dream. <laughs> this brace is reminiscent of... Good thing Data didn't stab that one. So true. Are you going to answer that, Commander? What are you waiting for? Answer it! Breaks his shirt playing it like a dream. Hello? Kill them. You must kill them all before it's too late. Data. Data, what's wrong? <laughs> Data, that's not a telephone. <laughs> we do not know. Also, we don't use telephones. Um, having seen the uh, meme, a thousand memes of the phone inside Data's stomach, uh, did not make it any less silly in this episode. <laughs> I didn't know that you were waiting for it to become less silly. I don't know how it could have. I don't know. I kept seeing it, and I was sort of like, oh, "People are really, really using this meme." I, I can't wait to see how this uh, how this becomes more complex. Doesn't look dumb in the show. <laughs> Sorry, it's still dumb. Uh oh. X, what? more human. There we go. 
that you might experience the same kind of psychological complexities as a human. Do you really think that is possible? Data, you must be the first person who's come into my office and been excited at the prospect of a new neurosis. But yes, I do think it's possible. And I'd like to start counseling you on a regular basis. Daily? No, we'll start weekly. And as a first step, I'd like you to shut down your dream program until our next session, just to be on the safe side. Give yourself a chance to reflect on this experience. Thank you, counselor. I look forward to our next meeting. And Data. Next time, see me before you see Sigmund. I would think she would be much more offended at that. I mean, I would go to, like, the holodeck doctor first, of always. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then, I, and then like, the holodeck doctor confirms I have a problem, then I'll go see the real doctor. Because you can just shut him off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't explain. Let but you're, that's because of your own issues. Like, Data, Data's like a crew member. Why wouldn't he do what a crew member does and go to the Troy? Maybe Data just doesn't want to bother because Data has emotion. Uh-huh. He just doesn't know it. I mean, I think he has emotion, and so he was embarrassed. Your new yeah. warp core is malfunctioning again. Unfortunately, the problem has affected our impulse systems. At the moment, we are adrift. Are you expecting to have this problem fixed soon? Or shall we send out a tow ship to bring you in? That will not be necessary. I have every confidence in my engineering staff. I will be at the banquet on time. Guard out. Couldn't he also just... Um... Take a shuttle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The captain's yacht. A runabout. Sure. We haven't seen the captain's yacht yet, have we? We've never, we don't ever see it on the D. But oh, you don't ever see it's it. It's right there. You see it. It's on the ship. You can see it on the bottom of the saucer section. Oh, cool. I don't see it. Have you tried reconfiguring the plasma Trust me, it's there. Andy. Yes, Captain. Two hours I don't believe ago. You. What about the relays? Are you absolutely certain that you don't need a new phase inverter? This is another thing. Currently running a level three diagnostic of the relays. He's kind of selfish that he has to make the whole ship go when he could just take a fucking shuttle. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit cross purposes here. It's a real dumb episode. We will have the results of the analysis in approximately 10 minutes. I see. that guy doing to the knife the other crewman scanning it for something uh, signs of uh, future murder <laughs> no blood on it yet oh That's perhaps I could reconfigure these isolated no sir please don't touch that <sighs> captain commander data and I have the situation under control now if you just let us take care of it the work would go much faster captain we could use an extra hand moving the containment pods, if it wouldn't be an imposition. Oh, no. Not at all. I'd be delighted. 
and work time. The other guy's got to know that he's being shafted. Well, this is like, this is Jordy not learning any lessons from relics. <laughs> How do you mean? What, what, what do you mean? What like, he's treating Picard the same way he was treating J- Scotty. Oh. It's like, leave us sure. alone. We have it. Get out of engineering. <laughs> well, that is true. They they seem to, the script seems to be making, even though Picard has endlessly, endlessly, they would bring him a technical problem that theoretically Jordy would understand better, and then he would immediately come up with a solution or a way of thinking about it that they had. Um, they are presenting him as completely confused in, in the way, in the scene. Um, but yeah, I agree. Leave them around. Maybe you fix it. Data, I want you to give me hand locking down this plasma con. Is, now, is that the last time we see Tyler interact with them? I think so. So that's it. Data. They're built to that moment, which is how far into the episode? Half? Boy, you really want to get to the bottom of this, huh? I, Data. Just, uh, I don't see a, a time thing. I mean, I guess it's it just stands to... It just points to the the issues with the episode, but it's but I I'm always interested in like oh I like a B or a C plot that's sort of just personality stuff, um, but I don't if it's like well what were you building to or what were you doing? <laughs> so it's interesting that they they broke that part of the story like and then we have the Tyler thing and then there's this beat where she hits on him and then there's this beat where he, he she hits on him again and then this beat where she sort of helps him and then and then that's it we'll just forget about it for the rest of the episode <laughs> i mean it doesn't say anything nothing i've read says anything about anything being busy. cut to t- cut for time yeah uh so this is how they wanted to tell it that i don't i don't yeah i don't think there's anything that we're missing um, Troy is a little like over scared like there's nothing on the ship she should be scared of theoretically right well, and anything an, and anything that would give her danger she would sense about, you know. that is a really interesting that's a really interesting point is she sensing weird emotional vibes from Data right that's sort of yeah. where I th- think this is accidentally hinting at. Yeah. Like, also right there, like, where's Data? Is Data hiding from her? <laughs> it is a good question. doesn't make any sense. None of this makes sense. Deck 36. Yeah, it's just pointless scares that <laughs> don't quite make sense. That is nice and scary. Hello, Dana. And he puts his hand in. Are you all right? What are you doing? Hold very still, counselor. So he stabs her twice and then is getting ready to stab her again. And I guess I would buy that he's a robot. And so he's, or he's an android, so he's... He hits her with such precision that he doesn't do more damage with each one. But it seems like uh, finish your thought. A of, that's <laughs> a lot of stabbing in one place by an android for her to not be uh, have, have more hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, like, what luck? 
to uh, have Riker and Worf heading to the turbo lift. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Time to yeah. see. Also, like, where is Data now that that now that that is gone? Now that Data has stabbed that thing in his fugue state and taken care of it, now where now where is Data? Their handling of Data post-stabbing someone, their lack of security is astonishing to me. he should have been off the ship (laughs) in season four. In in Brothers. He should have been off the fucking ship. He should have been drummed out of Starfleet. Yeah. Ever since you gave Alexander that music program, he's been playing it all night. Every night. Just wanted to broaden his horizons. Besides, he likes it. It is screeching, pounding dissonance. It is not music. Worf, it's better than music. They're oddly... They're oddly shifty about um, saying what the instrument is. Is that because they didn't want to make their decision there? <laughs> I like the downbeat. What are you talking about? They don't say. It just as a machine. They, they do it for the punch. The punchline of jazz. That's the punchline of the joke. Why don't they say what the instrument is? Am I missing something? I don't think it's an instrument. I think it's a program. Oh, I thought he was playing it himself. No, no, he's playing it, meaning like playing the music. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And then the punchline is jazz. I see. And then collectively the audience goes, huh? (laughs) 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 Oh, there's Data. I forgot that he was still in there. (laughs) The other thing is, he's coming in there now. So silly of me. How is... How are these two jamokes going to stop this super-powered android? They don't. I guess because he's in a dream state. Yeah, he, look. Why, how do they even stop that? He wants to stab somebody. He's going to just stab him. Section 3 Alpha. We're on our way. I believe I had another waking dream, sir. But this time, I had an uncontrollable urge to eliminate the image I saw. And what you saw was some sort of mouth on Troy's shoulder. Yes, sir. For a reason I cannot explain, I had the need to destroy it. What about Vader? Do you see one of those mouths on my head as well? No, sir. I saw a straw coming out of your head. Straw? As I said before, these are all images I originally experienced in my dream program. <laughs> a straw? I do not have a rational explanation for them. Hey, the uh, superpower android to stab somebody. Uh, let's get two extra security guards with me behind him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's not put him in the brig behind nope. a force field immediately. No, nope, can't do that. Let's just have two human, two extra humans. As in the you know, on Star Trek, any yeah. physical harm caused to other crew members while under the influence of aliens, uh-huh. uh, space ghosts, uh-huh. uh, great show, just your own programming apparently <laughs> is a okay. <laughs> It's okay, Data. We've all been possessed. <laughs> Very odd. We can think of. We can't find anything wrong. I could run a sub-polymer scan, but it would take some time to set up the equipment. Make it so. In the meantime, Mr. Data, I'll have to relieve your duty and confine you to your quarters. Yeah, put a mask for precaution, sir. That'll do it. Data. 
Diana. We're in sickbay. It's all right. <laughs> He's not here. He's comfortably in his quarters. What? He should be in the brig. He stabbed me. <laughs> what are you people doing? <laughs> this vascular pad has healed the wound, but you've lost a lot of blood, so I would like you to lie still for a while. That's odd. There shouldn't be any discoloration after the treatment. This looks like some sort of rash. What is it? Some sort of rash. He just told you, Deanna. I'm picking up cellular degradation. It doesn't appear to be related to the lacerations. There's also some kind of residual interphasic signature. Nurse, bring me an interphasic scanner. I want to take a closer look at this. Commander, I will have to confiscate your sidearm. Yeah, that will no, keep him from being dangerous. These are Starfleet rules. After a stabbing, I have to take your phaser. <laughs> May I ask a personal favor? Yes. Will you take care of Spot for me? Your animal. I'm afraid if I have another waking dream, I might injure him. It's interesting to think, like, so data has, you know, they're all issued. So apparently they're all issued a phaser, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, when they go on away team missions, then you must then assume that that's their phaser they're taking. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then, like, they have to, like, <laughs> they have to all stop at their quarters before they head yeah. down to the yeah, yeah, I got to go get my phaser. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I don't. I have mine on me all the time. <laughs> all right, Worf, we get it. <laughs> I gotta go to my quarters and get my phaser, and then I gotta go to uh, the armory and get the tricorder. <laughs> Wait, why shouldn't you go to the quartermaster? The uh, quartermaster, sorry. Why aren't we issued uh, tricorders? Uh, those are, we're not allowed our own tricorders. <laughs> we only have our own sidearms. <laughs> of course. Spot, come here. Unlike a canine. Spot does not respond to verbal commands. Dorn is My the spot. fucking best, I will say about this scene. He will need to be fed once a day. He prefers feline supplement number 25. I understand. And he will require <laughs> water. And you must provide him with a sandbox. And you must talk to him. Tell him he is a pretty cat. And a good cat. <laughs> I will feed him. <laughs> just... Perhaps that will be enough. Just precision comedy. It's about a cat. This... Uh, I might have been at a zero for this fucking episode. And this Captain, one put it into the numbers. Take a look at this. <laughs> um, this is very this reminiscent scene. of things that happen on sets. Uh, there's no real information about this episode regarding like you know I'd like to hear like some script snafus etc cetera, etc cetera. right like well we like, couldn't figure it out nothing, and then we cut this and... yeah there's nothing really on memory alpha and then in the book there's like this huge story about the cake and That's how it, it threw the production team for a loop and at the <laughs> meeting like Prague is trying to explain what the cake should look like and then on the uh -huh. day the cake doesn't look anything like they discussed <laughs> What did he want it to look like? Uh, 
but the cake was the big thing that for the production team. For some reason, God bless him, it threw him for a loop. Never mind the old saw lady and half magician's trick table, or the same gag used in one of those uh, one of his own low budget student films, or the Tom Petty Wonderland themed rock video. From the first production meeting, Braga had wanted a full-length, anatomically correct cake with more gore. But that was pulled back by Berman and simplified to what staff members thought they'd finally agreed on, a torso sheet cake on a cutaway table. Prop man Alan Sims, who at first suggested building the cake right over Sirtis' body uh, to employ her own limbs, uh, told of a morning rush hour call to a Santa Clarita baker after director Stewart, helming his fourth TNG outing, realized two hours before shooting that the life-size torso wasn't that large after all. Store-bought sponge cake was added on and color-matched frostings were jerry-rigged, uh, were the jerry-rigged answer. The producer's there now. Hang on. Sorry. The producer's Th- there that now. Is the production exactly manager's like. there now. Everyone's upset. Patrick's upset, he recalled. You can't see it before the shooting day, so that's why I asked these questions at the production meetings. You want the arms? You want arms or you want it to or you want it like a Venetian statue? Dreams are not practical because no matter what you do, someone's going to say, "Oh, that's not right. I thought it was going to look like this." <laughs> Agreed designer Richard James. You virtually have to throw the head back because otherwise the head's going to look to be looking right into the cake. But they didn't want her thrown back. What does that mean? <laughs> Like me, oh, like, it can't be like yeah, pointed yeah. upward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there was a little bit of panic that day. Producer Peter uh, Peter Luritsen's understatement, while uh, set director Jim Mees was more blunt. I thought ev- set decorator rather. I thought everyone was going to kill each other. It was one of those things that if you if uh, if you'd have to pretend you were dying in a hospital rather than come to work and Dan Curry who tried the box out himself recalled if you're put a if you put a prisoner of war in there you'd be put on trial for war crimes Marina was a trooper about it wow despite it all Braga said he was more stunned that data stabbing scene with Troy was left in it was a really shocking moment very disturbing blah 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 but that whole like cake thing is like so typical of, of of production production things where you're not going to see it till the day, right? It's almost then, it's like, almost never right. And you have this instinctual thing of like, eh, well, we've communicated a lot. Everybody is on the same page, and then you get there and you're like, oh boy, this is not at all what I was. I've thinking. had to. I have been on the next stage, drawing things to go on the set while we were shooting a different angle of the set. Yeah, like while we were shooting, like that's how absurdly crazy it can get when you're when when people have different things in their head and everyone everyone's just trying their hardest <laughs> uh, i will say this i totally understand where everyone was coming from on wanting these different things i think berman actually was right i think the gore would have been too much um even though it would have been funny uh and i'll say even though it looks like a dumb sheet cake in some ways it's upsetting anyway that he cuts into it you still yeah, relate yeah, yeah. it as part of her torso it also it, totally it works because it's a dream right i think it works fine but it is the kind of thing that you get obsessed with when you're on set yeah 
But that's the, really the only information about this episode they have, and it's really annoying. It is annoying. The tissue is breaking down on the cellular level, and it's spreading. At it's first, I thought it was cake. a rash from the coil brace she was stabbed with. But when I used the interphasic scanner, I found this. What is it? The creatures are real scary and creepy. It's a puppet. Is it really? Yeah. I guess it makes sense. Question That's what it would is, be back then. What are they? I have Here's one. A- you have one. We all have one. Now, this is the biggest question I have about the episode. I've tested all the medical stuff. Why is the creature and outside her coat? So far. I think it just latched on is and is sucking through there cases. like a, you know, mosquito biting through a t-shirt. Or even uh, slow it down. Hasn't it been a couple of days, though? When she t- takes like it off. The organisms appear to be attached What's to abdominal layers with osmotic tendrils. They're tapping directly into the bloodstream. And from what Isn't I she can tell, off her coat since spreading. this episode began? Uh, I like the reveals, too. They did a good job with the effects on that. What are we dealing with here? Are these creatures feeding on us? Yes, in a very particular way. They appear to be extracting our cellular peptides. It's roughly analogous to the way Terran leeches consume hemoglobin. If they're not removed soon... (laughs) Alien word. Word we know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Terra is Earth, you idiot. I know, okay. Our bodies are going to lose all their cellular cohesion. We'll collapse into nothing but a few pounds of chemicals. Finally, right. I can lose the weight. Is there any way that we can affect these? <laughs> Myra, what are you doing longer. here? <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> Why are you rubbing yourself on the warp core? Trying to Just get more trying of these to get more of these sweet, sweet weight loss babies. <laughs> We've tried EM radiation, subspace fields, thermal protons. Maybe that's why everyone's thin worked. in the future. They, they seem have, like, to weight exist loss leeches. in some sort of interphasic state just beyond our range of visual and sensor acuity. The only way we can see them is to use an IP scanner. Tricorders can't even pick them up. Do we know where these things came from, Mr. War? Well, I scanned the vicinity with an IP scanner. There was no sign of any similar creatures or any unusual interphasic activity. What about Mr. Data? There must be some connection between his odd behavior to these creatures. Is he infested as well? No, I scanned him, but I found nothing. Why isn't she seated Data at the table? attacked Counselor Troy. Uh, that's really just up to Patrick Stewart, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to set up another angle. You'll stand here in my shot. <laughs> mouth on her shoulder. And it was if you want to same. tap me on the shoulder or, you know, act supportive, whatever, whatever you feel. Remember, it's my shot. <laughs> don't draw focus. Data also saw a straw in my head and then Beverly discovered an organism in the same place. Those images are all part of Data's dream. Maybe somehow he is unconsciously perceiving these creatures. And perhaps it is time that we took a closer look at Mr. Data's dreams. It is an interesting hypothesis. If I am being affected by these interphasic creatures on an unconscious level, it may also explain my waking dreams and my subsequent antisocial behavior. <laughs> That's what he calls stabbing people. <laughs> <laughs> my unpalatable actions it also feels like he should be like so we'd all agree it definitely isn't my fault and <laughs> I should be allowed back on duty what we want to do data is link your neural net to the holodeck so I'll get my phaser back dream program. so as you dream we can observe the dream images 
Perhaps we can learn more about these creatures by interpreting the symbols and images of your dreams. I see. The concept is similar to the method of directed dreaming. Exactly. How soon can you have the link ready? We'll need about an hour to establish all the interface parameters. Make it so. In the meantime, Mr. Data, I suggest that you should prepare for bed. I'll put my blanket over my uniform. <laughs> I think I gotta say, I really like this. I wish they'd gotten to it earlier in the episode. Uh, other people in Data's dream. I think the the classic entering someone else's dreams through some kind of technological or whatever means is uh, is real cool. Very Inception-y. I wonder if Chris Nolan saw this this episode. It's probably exactly where he got Inception from. You know, I don't think it's only, too far fetched. The only inspiration one can get for Inception <laughs> is from this terrible episode of Star Trek. <laughs> that, that's certainly true. It's been done a million times. Even the most but I do think a lot of Marvel stuff seemed to me to be directly derived from a bunch of nerds having watched this. The, these, these well, Feige's a huge Star Trek fan, so yeah. Could you, you could you imagine if CBS like backed up so Gabe. much money? That they pulled Feige off at of Marvel and brought him to Star Trek instead of giving Kurtzman another deal. <laughs> I mean, frankly, it would How be would a, you feel? I would feel... Well, I'd feel bad for the Marvel Universe, but I would feel great. I'd feel so hopeful. Yeah. And then probably just still disappointed somehow. Significant image could be a very important symbol. Right. I mean, it's Here just it like comes. Sony giving him... Spider-Man, like, you're only helping yourself if There's, you're cutting him in for the profit there is by, no, by letting him have control over it. Yeah, but aren't they, like, they're pretty much done after this one with Spider-Man in the MCU? No, he will just continue in the Sony Spider-Verse and not be involved in the MCU anymore after this one, I believe. It's the last movie. Oh, wait, he will he will continue in what? Spider-Man will continue in the Sony movies and will not be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. He'll be in the Spider-Universe. So he'll be Don't in like keep... the Venom world and the Sinister Six and all that shit and it'll be all separate. But don't they keep saying that that's what they're going to do and then they don't do it because they... They had another can't... picture in the deal and this is the last one, I believe. I feel like they'll figure out a way around it. Look, Andy... You're not going to get rid of Spider-Man and the Marvel after you have him? I don't know. Maybe this coming up with ominous titles suggesting it with the home. Variations. Well, they're just stuck with home. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, we did homecoming, and now let's just put home in everything. Even the no place like home will be the next one. This one's no way home. This one is no way home. Yeah. And the previous one was what? Far from home. Far from home. <laughs> Uh, there's literally the, the the only thing that stuck out to me in this watching this episode was that there's literally no reason for Patrick Stewart to say the line here he comes because <laughs> Jordy's standing right there yeah the audience knows that also what yeah. are you saying this for most insignificant image could be a very important symbol right here he comes <laughs> uh-huh. I think Jordy was supposed to be looking the other way when he said it. Yeah. I think that was the intention, and then okay. he did. Hello. But also, I wonder if that was ADR'd, and they were just trying to fill the dead space. 
Can we speak today? No, his mouth was moving. Or would that wake him up? I certainly agree. He with should you. be perceiving this as just another part of his dream. Anything we say to him will be taken in that context. You know, that sounds like a telephone ringer, but I don't see a receiver. Oh, you know, another thing? Mm-hmm. Um, they set him up in the holodeck with them. They set up the super-powered android that recently stabbed someone in the holodeck with them while they go into his dreamscape, which is shown to make him violent. Why don't you just set him up in a different room where he's locked off? I mean, it's obviously... No, but he's a, he's currently sitting. He's sitting, but he and could attached. get up and stab their live bodies at any point. Well, he's attached to the wall. You know, you can't get up further than your plugs. <laughs> he's got a plug in his head. Remember when you were a kid and you had those remote control cars that like had the remote that were tied to the wire? Yeah, is that what it's like? <laughs> it's exactly like that. You can't go any further than the wire. All right, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's how old we are, audience. <laughs> we had those. Goodness gracious. Cake? Oh, uh, thank you. Look at that. Her right shoulder. That is the same place that Data stabbed her. In his waking dream, he said that there was a mouth on her shoulder. They are both symbols of consumption. Mouth, food. Mr. Data, what kind of cake is this? It is a cellular peptide cake. With red frosting. <laughs> cellular peptides. That's exactly what the <laughs> creature wrote in my notes after that line. Will Fucking someone answer man. that damn ringing? <laughs> Jordan is the king. Captain, the ringing is getting worse. What could the ringing symbolize? A bell? A sound? An old-fashioned way of communicating? Do you want some? It's delicious. <laughs> Will someone please get that? I think there's a ringing in Inception, Matt. <laughs> yes? It's for you. Picard? Kill Zen. Kill who? Kill what does Freud say to Jordy? Who is this? I am Dr. Because Z- Data is Data. This is Data's dream, and Data knows that if you want anything to get done, it's got to go to the captain. Yeah, but isn't Jordy a real person in this? Yes. So he, you think that 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 that, that Jordy picked it up and Sigmund Freud went, "Oh, I, I'm sorry. Can you? Uh, can I speak to uh, Captain Picard? <laughs> I do. I think that's what happened. Freud. <laughs> No one gave me a blanket to lie down. If I were to interpret my own appearance in this dream, I would say I am the symbolic representation of Data's unconscious mind trying to warn him about the dangers he perceives around him. You mean the interphasic organisms? Of course. Tell me, Doctor, how do we kill them? Answer it. Do not be so little. When I say answer it, I mean respond to it, to them. 
they're working on. It's the plasma conduit we installed with the New World Core. Respond? Respond to them? What does that mean? What is it that you're doing? Go away. Leave us alone. Who are you? We are... You must not hurt my friends. Be quiet. Okay. <laughs> Only I can hurt my friends with a knife. <laughs> it's very silly. Then what's going on? The workmen in my dreams represent the organisms which are trying to demolish the ship. The incessant ringing of the telephone. Dr. Freud's cautions at the other end were warnings of the dangers around us. What about the shrieking noises that you made? Wouldn't it have made more sense to have Picard and Jordy dissect it, the dream? Otherwise, what's the point of them going into the dream? So the audience can be there. I, you keep answering all <laughs> that, But like, literally, I'm like, tell you, because there is no, there's nothing in this episode to me that is not a plot convenience. It all feels uh, yeah. very so. Yeah, I'm yeah. not like doing it to be intentionally obtuse, right? Uh, my brain is just so like, um, I don't know. I can't see any merits in any of this. So my right. answers to you are very matter of fact. <laughs> right. It's just it's so frustrating to me because they're they would have been solved. Just have Picard and Jordy piece it together, and then there's a reason for why you've put them in this. You know into his dream yeah and even also you know have them be in danger i thought when the guys came in with the gun that like you know one of them might be in danger it might be a little more interesting you know like inception mm-hmm. see interfacing signatures from the organisms which are symbolically represented in my dreams by a high shriek when you made those noises the workmen reacted in pain that is why i have asked jordy to adjust my subprocessor. If I can produce a high-frequency interphasic pulse, it may have a similar effect on the creatures. We're ready. You got a sick bay? Beverly, we're going to be sweeping the ship with a high-frequency IP pulse. Will you monitor the creatures for any reaction? Understood. You can send the pulse through the whole ship? <laughs> I imagine Data literally just had to walk around going... <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure he got to every room. <laughs> How long is Data going to be going around making that weird noise? It's working, Captain. They're getting angry. My coat. You've saved my coat. It's working, Captain. Captain's log supplemental. I won't have to replicate a new coat. The creatures <laughs> infesting the Enterprise have been completely eliminated. We believe the infestation originated within the warp core we obtained on Starbase 84. This conduit was manufactured on Thanatos 7 using a new interphasic fusion process. Thanos? 
We think it was that process which attracted the organisms to the conduit, where they lay dormant until we activated the warp core. It's also why we couldn't get the core online. The creatures were disrupting the plasma flow. How long before we have warp pod again? Well, we're going to have to manufacture a new conduit. That's at least six hours' work. Six hours? The banquet will be completely over by then. That's very unfortunate. I can try and speed things up a bit. No, no, no. Uh, I wouldn't want to sacrifice the safety of the ship. Understood, Or you could take a shuttle. Uh, no, no, no. Well, what if the shuttle has one of those uh, worm creatures? We don't know. <laughs> Enter. Good specific action Counselor. by Spot there. <laughs> I did not have a chance to apologize for my actions. Data, don't worry about it. Jordy explained everything to me. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> your staffing was fine. I apologize for my social misstep. <laughs> but somehow I thought turnabout would be fair play, so I made us a little something to snack on. That is like, by the way, what's happening here also is like, they, he had the, they had the chafing dish cover and yeah. the cake was made. Uh-huh. And they looked at the cake and were like, fuck, it's going to touch the top of this cake and ruin the cake. <laughs> Do we have any solutions? Yes, I can cut four styrofoam blocks and put them on the corners. <laughs> and that's what they did. Oh, uh, yeah. I wonder, what would Dr. Freud say about the symbolism of devouring oneself? Data, sometimes a cake is just a cake. Even the last line is predictable. Regrettable, I would say. <laughs> Regrettable and predictable. I wouldn't mind circling back, find out what's going on with Tyler. See, see, uh, see fucking... <laughs> Uh, Worf with the cat. See uh, Alexander uh, pissing off Worf with his uh, <laughs> grooving to jazz in the background. A cutaway to Nakamura sitting next to an empty chair that had Picard's name on it, <laughs> crying. <laughs> and like, and like the like. I was going to his tell pr- him his promotion was especially like sitting there. They that was the they were going to promote him that day. <laughs> That's amazing. That's it. That's why he never becomes an admiral. He doesn't go to get his promotion. It's just his surprise promotion at these events. Uh, um, yeah, well, there you go. That's that. And I uh, guess we'll give it an MVC. Well, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. What was that? The start of the trailer for the next episode. Oh. Uh, really hoping it snuck by without Andy noticing, but phew, he's got ears like a hawk. <laughs> A.K.A. Terrible Ears. <laughs> He's got eyes like a bat. <laughs> um, so is the uh, is the gentleman that stabbed his fellow crew member also the NPC in this episode? 
Oh Maybe my god. Beverly Beverly's the one that found them. But Beverly only found them because of the stab wound. That is true. I can tell you, it's not Data. Why? I mean, it's. I meant to say, sorry, it's not Jordy. Uh huh. Because it's his fault that all this. It happens. is true. They do kind of skim over that. Yeah. Mm. I Rikers. guess it's. I guess it's Data. Worf doesn't really. I guess Maybe Worf right. does take care of Spot. If we wanted to say that Data evens out. Because he both stabbed someone and solved the problem. He was both the problem and the solution. Um, he wasn't the problem. He wasn't the problem. He just saw the problem. Data was not the problem. True. Yeah. Uh, they don't really even resolve, like, so is this the way it's going to work from now on? That, like, your subconscious brain is going to solve all the problems that for the past six years your conscious brain has solved? <laughs> They don't really address anything. This episode's really dumb. It. it is a dumb episode. So I'll give a, I'll give it to Data. I'll give it to Data, too. All right. There you go. Now that we've said this episode is dumb. How many Andy's does this episode get? A scale of dumb to ten. I mean, I, I, I it's not Shades of Grey bad. Uh-huh. But it's close. I can tell you this. I don't remember Shades of Grey how I felt. It's it a probably clip felt similar. It's a clip episode. No, no, I remember what it was. I'm just trying to remember what my experience was because my experience in this felt atypical to my experience. I was noting it where I could barely get through it. Like I kept stopping it and distracting myself. And then I was like, all right, I got I to gotta finish this. I'm obligated to finish yeah. this. <laughs> And that's very rare. Like even if it's a if it's a if it's a clunker of an episode, it's usually stuff that's so amusing or interesting that it's like and this was just so bad. I mean, I was very surprised. I texted Matt in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And and uh and uh and I think you said this isn't this isn't even the worst of the season, right? Or it's not No, it's not the worst of the season. Mm-hmm. Somehow, shocking. somehow not by a long shot. Um, Although be, pressure on Sub Rosa, guys. We're going to have to see. It, it'll be interesting, though. Like, is that one, because that one can, like, turn. That one can flip, because that one can be so bad, it's at least entertaining. Yeah. You know? And signs right. can be similarly, like, so bad, it's almost entertaining. Yeah. But this one is, like, not entertaining and bad. I think it's because all the tropes are so fucking familiar that it's like not even like new tropes it's just hackiness I don't think that, and these tropes were trodden at the time it wasn't like they were you know it was like well yeah but you gotta put it in yeah but in context have you ever like seen an Android already. dream come on <laughs> that is true no I haven't um so let's say I'm starting at zero uh I do I really I love obviously I'm I'm, I'm a little bit biased. I'm going to love that cat scene, but I just love Dorn in it. I love the repartee in that scene. Give me a whole friggin' episode of that stuff for minimally a good, consistent B-plot. B um, and uh, and I wouldn't mind, you know, for all of our complaints about Alexander, I wouldn't mind it a little bit more, Alexander. Uh, and I like 
the turn where they have to go into his dream in a technological way where they use the holodeck, that's kind of smart. Just, I feel like they should have gotten that to that earlier and done more with that. So all that being said, uh, I guess I would give it. All that stuff brings it up to a, is it a one and a half or a two? I'll give it a two. Matt? Uh, I give this episode a one. Yeah. It's too dull yeah. uh, and nonsensical. And, I mean, it's not nonsensical. Like, I get what's happening, but it's also like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird right. way to explain it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Not a, not a, not a great one. You know, whatever. There's so many episodes. You're going to have some misses. And uh, I believe this next one, Andy, this trailer for this episode, you tell me, after we watch the trailer, I want you to tell me, is it a hit or a miss? Ooh. New, new section. In the darkest corners of the mind. It's so strange. It's almost as if her brain has shut itself down. Hide the deepest secrets of the past. I'm going to try and contact her telepathically. Where shocking memories may lurk. Get away from here! No! And the only thing more dangerous than getting in... I want you to sever your connection to your mother. ...is getting yes. out. This isn't real. Next time on Star the Trek fuck? The Next Generation. What do you think, what Andy? The F is Phantasms 2. What the F? Hit or a miss? It's a miss. <laughs> it's a miss is correct. It's a full miss. That's crazy. It's How can you stack those two episodes episode. side by side? That's insanity. But this time it's telepathically, Andy, not with a machine. That is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a... They really were. They were not kidding. They were out of ideas. <laughs> they really were. It's pretty wild. Uh, that's right. Also, you know what it is? It's like, that's a total lack of self-consciousness. That's, you know, time to get out. You got fans watching. Just stop making shows. Well, they did. Yeah, I guess they did. <laughs> uh, they were originally going to go eight seasons, but then they were like... Paramount was like, movie? And they were like, <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Um, all right. Frosting. Mint. There you go. That's the episode, everybody. Thanks so much. Uh, don't forget, join the Patreon if you want to win a Dr. McCoy figure. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see what that does. This is the weirdest prize. <laughs> Look, this is I mean, McCoy's great. Who doesn't like McCoy? But uh, <laughs> he's a just personal odd. favorite. Um, all right, that's that. Everyone, we'll, we'll we'll dust off. This is a gonna be a rough month because we're gonna do this episode, and we also have to fucking somehow get through Dark Page. Oof. Yeah. What would make this episode better, Loxana Troy? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Alexander's dream. <laughs> oh, God. It's dream week on syndicated TV. Uh, all right, everyone. Bye. Disengage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. 
That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.